It's showtime. Okay! Tokyo! South America! Australia! France! Germany! UK! Africa! Here we go. Head on with Bob Kincaid. Three hours of conversation, cussing and a discussing with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicod, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy. Here we go, off and running on this here 19th day of December 2022. This is The Horn. Head on dot live is where you'll find us on the interweb tubes. That's where you go if you'd like to be part of the merry, wacky, zany, real-time, madcap, multimedia extravaganza that is The Horn chat room in the three hours in which this program is live, Monday through Friday, 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, all time zones in between, and the Great Globe Round, and whatever time it is when you're listening to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for joining in, listening live, or listening to the podcast, wherever, whenever, and however. Thank you so much for being part of this nearly two-decade-old effort at independent, liberal, non-capitalist, non-corporate broadcasting. Thank you. And uh, the general ask that we are making, like and subscribe. Uh, you know, if you're where, wherever you're listening, podcast, tune in. Yay, with extra Exxon mobile ads. Uh, like us, love us, thumbs up us, uh, subscribe, do what, because that's how we will, that, that's how the program grows, you know, in the absence of some monumental PR budget. Uh, the algorithms like it when you thumbs up or like or heart or whatever. Subscribe. Yeah. If you do that, it costs you nothing. The program's free. That costs you nothing. So it just gets freer. It just becomes a bigger and bigger and bigger bargain. And your help is, well, the entire reason this program continues to exist. So thank you. If you do, head over to HeadOn.Live and pop into the chat room. You will be greeted by early arrivers. Uh, arriver, squeaky, and capably moderated <laughs> two cops for one chatter uh, by uh, longtime inveterate, indefatigable veteran chat room moderator Sparky, and he is capably assisted by horn chief agronomist and slayer of mathematical dragons, uh, Roger in Oregon. Yeah, hi, I'm Robin. Did I do that part yet? Because I am. And uh, Ordinarily, this would be more in Monday, but it, and 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 there make no mistake, there are more ants. It's not like there's been a shortfall or anything, but I have a feeling we're going to spend the better part of the program 
<sighs> talking about the final installment of Must See TV, the J6 Committee, as the this as this year toddles out, fresh out of days. Let's see, what do we got left? Uh, let's see, ten. We got twelve days left in the year, and so Sunday this coming is Christmas. Uh, we'll have we'll have programs all all week long, and then next week not only do you get this program, but also the 27th, 28th, 29th, and 30th, you get Tara Devlin and me uh, subbing for the one and only the mm, in the, 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 the without the, the peerless except uh, no substitutes Mike Malloy. So that's that's the week after Christmas as we move toward the new year. But as I oh, and I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, true, Roger in Oregon pointing out five more ands got referred to the DOJ. Uh, four of them members of Congress. It would have been five members of Congress if it weren't for the fact that Mo Brooks, Les Brames, decided to run for Senate in Alabama and lost to Katie Bria. Yeah, she was uh, she was the longtime chief of staff to um, you know, what was his name? Richard Shelby. Yes, Richard Shelby. Let me say it that way when you're in Taliban. Richard Shibby. Uh Yes, and please, as Brother Deacon Asa says, leave feedback. Things like, God, I love this program, or holy cow, there's nothing on the, there's, there's no program like that. So I, I've been leaving out the leave feedback part, so I'll have to add that to the list. Thank you for the reminder, Brother Deacon. Much appreciated. Uh, but every program here at the Horn begins with gratitude, and this program is no different. And so on this uh, last Monday before Christmas, we say a profound thank you to um, our 19th, 18th, and 17th day of the month subscribers. That means thank you to Darlene in Connecticut, and thank you to Clayton. Thank you so much, Clayton. Thanks for being part of the reason this program continues to exist. Thank you as well uh, to Grace and to Charlene in Rogues Island. Thank you to our dear friend Joy uh, up in uh, up in Michigan. Thank you to our dear friend in the South Pacific. Thank you so much for being so long a, spo- a partial sponsor of the program. Uh, thank you to Labor Man. Thank you so much, and uh, thanks again to uh, uh, to Jessica jumping in last Friday for her. Uh, uh, latest birthday. Thank you all so very much. What does that mean? Uh, well, I'm trying to figure out uh, where our fundraising goal. Uh, uh, we're somewhere around seven hundred and seven hundred forty dollars to get even. Uh, finish off uh, the last four hundred and yeah, four hundred and thirty or so of last week plus today's and we're on a we're on a, we're on a mad uh, a mad dash to make sure the electricity stays on given the fact that um oh next uh well Christmas Eve and Christmas um from Christmas Eve Eve to Christmas uh, we're looking at an overnight overnight low around 5 so trying to scrounge up money to pay the power bill and 
also to go out and refill the propane tanks and get a couple of the, get a flat of the little ones and uh, so we can just keep everything from you know freezing solid around here, including you know yours truly. So thank you, thank you in advance. Uh, we'll get started with a note uh, from Lady B. She wrote earlier this afternoon. Didn't get to hear much of the trial. Let us know later today if that bitch Trump's going to pay or walk. If we don't punish the lawbreakers, then there will be no law. This is all about respect for the law, and America is barely hanging on as it is. If he walks, then we can forget about keeping this democracy. I have a feeling we've already lost it. The next tyrant will be younger, good-looking, and smarter because we want our leaders to look and act like privileged movie stars. But the key word is smart. And although the Antichrist archetype comes to mind, it doesn't mean evil can only be found in mythos. We're begging for authoritarianism here. I'm both glad and sad I've lived long enough to see my country go from better to worse. I, I, I get it. I get it, Lady V. I really do. And so I guess that takes us into what's on everyone's minds here, namely the final meeting of the J6 committee. And it was handled, I thought, with... I mean, I was right there. Um, it was handled, I thought, with both aplomb and gravity. You know, every, everyone was deadly in earnest as they approached this final meeting. Uh, the report was approved. And most importantly, the DOJ recommended criminal charges against Nitwit Nero, Dr. John Eastman, and four members, Andy Biggs, um, Jim Jackadoff Jordan, Kevin McCarthy, and well, who's the last one? And... Uh, Scott Perry, all of whom thumbed their nose at congressional subpoenas as members of Congress. Uh, that'll be referred to the Ethics Committee. I wish I could tell you that the Ethics Committee was really going to drop the hammer on those four. But the Ethics Committee never drops the hammer on anybody. The referrals to the Ethics Committee are more procedural than substantive simply because if one is a member of Congress and the body of and, and, and that body issues a subpoena to you, really as a member of Congress it's best one not refuse to respond to the subpoena just because then it means that well you don't take the rules of the House very seriously. Now, theoretically, the House Ethics Committee could recommend expulsion for those four maggots, those four coddlers of insurrection. Whether they will do that or not, I do not know. I, uh, uh, the uh, House Ethics Committee... You might, you might recall they're busy right now with the referral of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez from some butt-hurt maggot. Uh, but the House Ethics Committee 
is supposed to be above the fray. The uh, the the members and and see the, the the important thing here is that it's not a it's not a majority or minority situation. The House Ethics Committee is comprised of four members from each party, which makes it really hard to get anything done. The chairman uh, for now is Susan Wilde of Pennsylvania. Dean Phillips of Minnesota is the, and Veronica Escobar of Texas and Mondaire Jones of New York round out the Democratic contingent. Meanwhile, the acting ranking member is Michael Guest of Mississippi. Dave Joyce of Ohio is also there. Uh, John H. Rutherford of Florida and Kelly Armstrong of North Dakota comprise uh, the Republican membership. And that's until, what, January 3rd? And God only knows who the chair coming in will be. Hell. This is such a, this, this, this is such a, a cocktail hour at Bedlam that's going to be coming toward us. It'll be a miracle if Paul Gosar, the demon dentist of the desert, doesn't wind up the chair of the Ethics Committee. If you can't tell, I have no faith whatsoever in the incoming majority's interest in actually doing its job. But theoretically, as I said, theoretically, they could recommend expulsion for those four members. But then it would take, what, a two-thirds vote of the House to get rid of them? And, it, it, and, and that leads to the question of just how thoroughly despised Jim Jacketoff, Jordan, and Andy Biggs um, and Scott Perry And, well, Kevin McCarthy are. And it certainly is, it, it, it certainly puts a different flavor on, uh, on, on Kevin's man of silly putty's ardent desire to become the Speaker of the House. And that, that's all Kevin McCarthy is. He's just a he's just a quivering mass of shameless ambition with no underpinnings. He's not particularly intelligent. He's not particularly innovative. There's not a hell of a lot of there there. And he certainly hasn't uh, hasn't nailed down his speakership yet. But then again, you have to take into account the weirdos who are uh, so far holding out against him. Andy Biggs is one of those. Scott Perry may be one of those. We know that Matt it just gates worse for 
underage girls in his proximity uh, is one of those. He's not referred to the Ethics Committee, of course, but there's some real potential for some deal-making there and some skullduggery and some sliminess and the political equivalent of something that would make it hurt when you pee. January 3rd is going to be an interesting day. I mean, granted, a bunch of uh, uh, Antifa and Black Lives Matter and otherwise aggrieved, decent human beings aren't going to um, commit a terrorist attack against the capital of the United States and constitutional governance. No, that's not going to happen. But still... It's going to be it's going to be interesting to see if Kevers can actually come out of this as Speaker of the House. By the way, a little something in the executive summary of the final report from the J6 committee. This is an interesting statistic. Um, among the maggots showing up for January 6th, having been called there by Nitwit Nero to foment uh, a terrorist attack. Well, remember they had the magnetometers there to get in to listen to uh, listen to Nitwit Nero gabble and grumble to the assembled mouth-breathing, knuckle-walking faithful. The magnetometers were up there. Remember, Nitwit Nero? Take them down. They don't want to hurt me. Remember? Yeah. Well, thanks to those magnetometers, the Secret Service seized 269 bladed weapons from the maggots who came mouth-walking and knuckle-breathing through the magnetometers. 269 bladed weapons. Not just that, though. Secret Service also seized 250 canisters of pepper spray. You know, that was a, that was a favored weapon uh, in the form of bear spray uh, that the Proud Boys innovated during their various and sundry terroristic uh, escapades in places like Portland and Seattle hosing people down with bear spray. Secret Service also got 30 batons or blunt instruments. You know, for beating people. 18 sets of brass knuckles. 18 tasers. 6 pieces of body armor. 3 gas masks. And 17 assorted other potentially harmful objects including scissors needles, and screwdrivers. Paul, we ain't got nothing good for weapons. All hell, son, just grab a screwdriver. Come on, we're late. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure if that's the laundry list from Dr. Strangelove or, the, uh, or, or some sort of perverse 2022 version of the 12 Days of Christmas. I mean... 
269 blades, 250 canisters of pepper spray, 30 batons of blunt instruments, 18 brass knuckles, 18 tasers, 6 pieces of body armor, 3 gas masks, 17 assorted potentially harmful objects including scissors, needles, and screwdrivers, and a partridge in a pear tree. Now they shot the partridge out of the pear tree because that's where the snipers were that day. But really, the singing doesn't help. And uh, the fact of the matter is, you, you remember when Slim Pickens reads the uh, the Wing Attack Plan R um, emergency kit there aboard the B-52. $200 in gold, 200 rubles, 250 canisters of pepper spray, 30 batons or blunt instruments, 18 brass knuckles, 18 tasers, 6 pieces of body armor, 3 gas masks, 17 other uh, potential objects, uh, harmful objects, including scissors and needles and screwdrivers, and 269 blades and knives. Hell, feller could have a pretty good time at an insurrection with all of that stuff. Uh, Randy Radar says, despite the reports of firearms present, I didn't see firearms in the video footage inside the U.S. Capitol. Well, you might, you, you, I wouldn't expect you to. The people who planned to carry firearms into the United States Capitol were people who were carrying probably semi-automatic pistols, which are easily concealed. You know, your AR-15 types were still outside. You know, climbing trees and building scall uh, scaffolds and gallows and things. I almost said building scallops. Gets a little confusing after almost 20 years. Uh, but that's a hell of a list. And it certainly does seem to at least indicate some level of... Uh, violent intent and you know if you were just showing up why would that be on your gotta bring it list you know an ass a guy or a straight razor or a katana that's the kind of thing somebody has to encourage you to bring It was, you know, the, the hearing didn't last that long. But it was loaded with information, and they made their case. And now, now, I, I, I guess the only thing now to say now is that uh, everything is in... John Smith's court, Jack Smith. He's the special counsel, of course. Presumably, he's still overseen by Merrick Garland, or one of his deputies in particular. And we wait. That's the part I just hate having to say. We wait. Waiting is what we do now. And he's under no time constraints. 
He's just there to do his job. I allowed myself a moment of dare to dream. Because there was a lot of, a lot of procedural stuff in the hearing today. Uh, the means by which the report was filed and sent to the full house. And also a motion, which was without objection, that the depositions and transcripts of evidence adduced by the hearing, or by the committee, be transmitted forthwith to the Department of Justice. Now, the Department of Justice is said to have been complaining bitterly for a while that they didn't have all of that stuff. I love a good mystery, a good detective story, what have you. And part of me wants to think, and, and again, this is, just, this is just fantasy, that they've got it all. They've had it all. And that the complaints are what is sometimes referred to as tinsel. Oh, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope. And that the tinsel uh, will, you know, misdirect so that the work can go on. Because in point of fact, if they've got it all, then maybe somebody's already presented it all to a grand jury. Again, I know, I'm speculating. I'm past speculating. I'm engaging in, in full-scale wishful thinking. Because it's not so much, y'all, they're going to do it again, as was pointed out on this program not long back. Y'all, they're still doing it. And they're decentralizing. And they are taking their fight on the road. And they are being asymmetrical. Uh, ran across uh, uh, an, an article addressing something that, of course, most of us have long since forgotten, namely the uh, terrorist attack on the power grid in Moore County, North Carolina. And a, an investigative reporter by the name of Jordan Green is suggesting that uh, an offshoot or a derivative of the former neo-Nazi terror group Atomwaffen Division is trying to suggest, without saying it entirely out loud, that the attack on the power grid in Moore County might have involved a group called the National Socialist Resistance Front. The NSRF, which is in fact that aforementioned um, bastard child of Adam Waffen, Nazis. And apparently... Uh, an Australian group, a volunteer research collective in Australia, called the White Rose Society, oddly enough, different from the White Rose Society where we, where I upload the program. Uh, they've gotten hold of a bunch of chats from early November through this past December 9th 
uh, Raw Story got hold of them. And uh, Matthew Kreiner, the managing director of the Accelerationist Research Consortium, who's also a senior research scholar at the Center on Terrorism, Extremism, and Counterterrorism at Middlebury Institute, said it's reasonable to say that individuals associated with or familiar with the NSRF and the accelerationist ecosystem are portraying Moore County as likely being perpetrated by NSRF. Among other things, and I hadn't seen this before I caught this article, uh, near the town of Bass in Moore County, um, Sunday, someone hung a banner on an overpass across Highway 1 that had a link to the NSRF's public telegram channel. And then also previously, there had been a vandalism incident involving spray painting a swastika on a senior center in Apex, North Carolina that had hosted a pride celebration and there had been a drag performance and also over this past weekend a, 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 celebrating, a celebration commemorating the beginning of Hanukkah. And they're saying things like destroy the system, take real action, and pay attention to that word accelerationist because that's going to that's going to become probably more and more bandied about in discussions about right-wing terrorism accelerationism is a subspecies of nazis and and and, and right-wing asshats who aren't happy just building their movement they want to speed things up They want to bring it faster. They want the shit to hit the fan ASAP. And they're saying things like uh, they want to blow up the power grid. Uh, in the raw story account, of course, a single-sentence paragraph. The FBI declined to comment for this story. The NSRF is not particularly old. They're part of a schism with the National Socialist Order. Uh, they, of course, broke away, saying that the National Socialist Order was turning it into a group dedicated to Satanism. Splitters! But National Socialist Order came out of Adam Waffen Division, which has been around since 2015 and lasted till 2020. Because, among other things, they engaged in a string of murders. Brandon Clint Russell, on the other hand, got stuffed in the pokey because he was planning to sabotage a nuclear power plant or plants in Florida. Then the guy who replaced him, John Cameron Denton, well, he went to prison uh, for a swatting conspiracy against Old Dominion University. 
But the National Socialist Resistance Front also said we're going to build on the legacy left by Adam Waffen. They are said to be explicitly neo-Nazi. They reject movement building, electoral politics. They want to go straight to the, well, terrorism. In their founding mission statement, the NSRF says they uh, want to excise, interesting word, Jews from the earth. Lesser races should be eliminated. And, of course, the LGBTQ plus community should be cleansed from the earth. Um, neurodivergent people they describe as invalids and parasites. God, it's almost like they've got a handbook or something they're working from. It is worth remembering that uh, when the Nazis started uh, really gaining power, one of their first targets was a gender clinic in Berlin that had al- already performed one of the first uh, gender reassignment surgeries. Yeah, they burned that down, murdered the doctor. And it wasn't too many years later that while the Nazis were passing out yellow stars of David, they were also passing out pink triangles that had to be affixed to people's clothing if they were part of the LGBTQ plus community. Mm -hmm. So there's no proof. And frankly, uh, I'm not particularly sanguine about the FBI paying much attention to this. So, uh, uh, Governor Roy Cooper today tweeted, Violence and threats against Jewish communities are on the rise all across the world. White supremacy and anti-Semitism will not be tolerated in North Carolina, and our state stands strong against this hate. Well, that remains to be seen. And that was in regard to the anti-Semitic sign that was spotted on U.S. 1. You know, with the beginning of Hanukkah. The banner had, uh, and it was uh, hanging from the North Carolina Highway 690 bridge over U.S. 1 near Vass, like I said. And it said, bring it all down. It had swastikas all over it. And the numbers 1488, which is the 14 words, plus 88, which is their numerologic symbol for Heil Hitler. I don't even like saying it. 
the sheriff's office confiscated the sign. And in Raleigh last week, somebody hacked the intercom system. Oh, my God. Somebody hacked the intercom system. I'm not laughing. It's just, Jesus. Someone hacked the intercom system at Enloe High School and started broadcasting the words Heil Hitler. Uh, Earlier this fall, there were flyering incidents with uh, anti-Semitic materials that were scattered onto various and sundry porches across neighborhoods in North Raleigh. And the usual hand-wringing with uh, Raleigh Mayor Marianne Baldwin saying, I just thought, wow, how can people be like this? But you know what? We're all here tonight with a totally different attitude. We're here to celebrate. We're here to be kind to one another. And went on to say, I think, being a Jewish person in North Carolina, I met a lot of people who've never met another Jewish person. So just being open to questions and educating people, it starts with a conversation. Well, um, go ahead and have the conversation. But maybe, maybe look for these violent fucks and put them away once in a while. I mean, the, the, with the flyering, dear God, they were, they were, they were, they were passing out the learned protocol, the protocols of the learned elders of Zion. The Jews' plan for world domination. In fact, I read an uh, op-ed piece earlier today by a guy named James Rosen who was talking about the fact that, well, he, he was raised in a time where they thought that all the ugly anti-Semitism had gone away. Yeah, but the answer there is uh, no. No. It never went away. It went underground. And although you might think that I have strayed from the original thesis of this more of, of this Moran Monday pillar robster, I haven't. Remember, I said they're decentralizing. They're broadening the scope of their, their, their threats and their attacks. Nazis were present in Charlottesville in 2017 in August, and Nitwit Nero called them very fine people. Even as they had murdered Heather Heyer. And the movement rolled along and boiled and broiled and festered. And they were there on January 6th. The Proud Boys are Nazi sympathetic. The Boogaloo Incel Tactical Command Headquarters Executive Staff are Nazi sympathetic. The, the, the Free Percenters are Nazi sympathetic. The Oath Keepers are Nazi sympathetic. One of these days, I hope it's just not uh, some woman who sits talking on a, on a, on a, on a, a small 
radio program over the internet who starts saying, y'all, we got a real Nazi problem in this country. Because we do. You know, that little punk-ass Nick Fuentes has a following. I don't know how many millions of people have seen that stupid documentary, and I don't know if it, 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 it from Jew to Hebrew, or, or from, I don't or from Hebrew to I, Kyrie Irving. But it's not, it's not fringy. It's not limited. It is growing. And there are people out there who want to see it all burn. I mean, they say it out loud. And these accelerationists want it to burn now. With the with, with the Arctic blast that's coming, I can't help but wonder if somewhere some of these racist, genocidal, monstrous, murderous bastards are planning to try to kill some people just by knocking out power when the overnight lows are zero. Used to be that kind of stuff would happen, and you'd say, well, you know, the meth heads got into the copper again. And, you know, that's not to say that there isn't some overlap between meth heads and Nazis. Wouldn't be the first time. (sighs) And I don't know how to say, you know, pay attention or be aware or be alert. But if you should happen to be driving by your local substation and you see some idiot with taking pictures or something, you know, maybe it's one of those see something, say something kind of things. Because there aren't a lot of people out there just going around and, oh, I don't know, photographing the local electrical substation. Now, back to accelerationism. Stephen New York says, when I hear this, I hear final solution. Yeah. And I wonder, you know, these people call for the elimination of murder, the murder of... Jews, LGBTQ plus people, neurodivergent people, people with various uh, forms of uh, being differently abled. How do they plan to accomplish it? I, I, I'm, I'm almost afraid to ask. The Nazis actually had to have a full-on conference to figure out how to slaughter people by their millions. 
because the German war uh, war effort was being negatively impacted by the use of all the bullets that they were using to machine gun people kneeling in front of trenches. It's best not asked, I suppose. Lest we give them any ideas. Note coming in from Theo in the great northwest, I spent a chunk of spare time as a young feller helping out my local librarians in California by removing racist and anti-Semitic flyers from the book stacks. This pestilence hasn't ever been very far underground and was present decades ago, but I'm a cranky old fart for whom the good fight still matters. Well, take all the cranky old farts we can get. And the fight is good. And it does matter. And it seems like the job right now is to get more people to understand the gravity of where we are. The, the, the information that was detailed during the hearing today, even though we've had multiple hearings prior, still managed to be shocking to the conscience. Hopefully, Mark Meadows will, you know, be, be uh, someone will take interest in his case as well as John Eastman. I haven't seen news yet that uh, that Geezer Disgustus is out with his uh, shrieking freak out. He's probably still throwing ketchup at the walls down at uh, Magaloco. But he'll get around to it. It's a witch hunt. It's a total witch hunt. Believe me, it's the biggest witch hunt. Only I would have the biggest, biggest witch hunt that's ever been had because it takes someone who is a greater president than George Washington or Abraham Lincoln to have a witch hunt this big against him. You know, I wonder if maybe that's why uh, Liz Cheney in her statement today made a point of referencing Abraham Lincoln and his racist successor, Andrew Johnson, and her great-great-great-great-great-great-grandpappy, who uh, Cheney, who marched in the Victory Parade in May of 1865 in D.C. She really despises Nitwit Nero. I give her credit for that. But the problem is that she has, just as we have talked about she had I, I look yes i'm all for giving her credit for doing the absolute bare minimum to honor her oath to the constitution yay but she also she also um, kind of hogtied the committee it turns out Uh, Chris and Germany and I were, were, were chatting in real time while it was all going down. And Chris brought up the fact that she remains dear, dear friends with Ginsurrectionist Thomas and Clarence Pubes on the Coke can Fappy Thomas. And apparently in the last week, uh, Liz lost her shit 
and started insulting Representative Stephanie Murphy of Florida, who's retiring. And Liz told her, you know, don't, don't you call the Washington Post and leak our deliberations. Because she's wanted to keep it very, very tightly focused on people she doesn't like. And keep it from touching those who, did, who she does, like Jinsurrectionist. Why isn't there a referral? Of Jinsurrectionist Thomas that she be that, that her activities engaging in an attempt to overturn the election. Where is it? Shouldn't it be there? I get the. I understand the idea of not making this just a, a a humongous laundry list of every asshole, but Chairman Thompson addressed that quite well, as did others. Um, oh, who was it that said, "It is not merely the foot foot soldiers that we punish, but the people who ordered them into action." Something along those lines. And now I just wonder, because I don't have that um, that, that, that thorough a knowledge of how long it takes the feds to build a case, how long will it be before we get an announcement? Or more importantly find out that indictments have been handed down. And then there's the question of timing. He's announced his candidacy. He did that in hopes of trying to create some sort of a firewall against being indicted. Well, you can't indict someone who's running for president. I mean, it's, it's a new rule I just invented. But they've made their referral. What the DOJ does with it is the DOJ's business, particularly Special Counsel Smith's. But if you consider how a trial is handled once the indictment is handed down, how long would it take from indictment to arraignment through discovery then up to voir dire and trial and i'm sure that every member of the committee pondered something along these lines as they as as they went about their business they knew if you shoot at the king you have to hit so that's why their the, the the scope of their re, of their their referral was fairly limited. But if 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 he were to be if he were to be tried, 
and acquitted. How much of a steamroller would that make him in 2024? I'm, 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 I'm not second-guessing. I'm trying to uh, sort of reach into what may have been... It can't not have been part of the deliberations. Now, it's... Uh, and this is, this is somewhat separate and apart, but I've noticed, you know... We're well past a, we're well more than a month past the midterm elections, and I don't recall seeing this before. But the fundraising emails have not stopped. It used to be you got a little break, but uh, I've got a. I'm, I'm looking at an. Uh, I'm looking at an email here, purportedly from Adam Schiff. No sooner did we finish our final presentation on how the actions of Donald Trump led to the first attack on our capital in over a century when the personal attacks began. Kevin McCarthy is going to disband any efforts at true oversight once Republicans assume the House majority in the new Congress next month. And the effort to discredit anyone involved in the oversight we have done is already starting. Well, he doesn't say how it's starting or what's starting. But I have no doubt that it is. I value the brain cells that I have, and so I have not tuned into Fox News TV Radio Rwanda. I have not gone over to Newsmuck or Onan, the network that spills its news upon the ground, and God knows I haven't checked in with Stevie Three Shirts, the man who smells like rancid, or who looks like rancid hot dog water smells. But I have no doubt that they, the, that the, the monkeys are hopping and jumping and screeching and, and screaming and squealing and flinging poo for all they're worth. As to a witch hunt, Steve in New York says, of course it is. We're hunting a witch. That's what you hunt in witch hunts. Point taken. There's a certain zen quality to that. Um, but I guess uh, I guess I'm just kind of manifesting some of the frustration and stress of knowing that there's still no closure. Oh, great! Somebody's burning coal. If I start sounding a little woozy, or maybe you hear, you'll know the coal fumes have gotten to. Uh, thank you, Ralphs. Ralphs wants to get us started on fundraising this evening. A, a $32 challenge in, uh, in in honor of hoping your temperature stays above 32 degrees. Yeah, thank you, Ralphs, and I hope somebody will jump in on that. Not happening. Um, outside right now with darkness falling. It's partly cloudy and 30. Uh, we're on our way down to... We're on our way down to about, oh, 24 degrees. But, yeah, thank you for, thank you for the good wishes. Um, so if anybody would like to jump in with 32 bucks, that would get us to 64. And that would get us down below the $700 mark. Uh, that would get us down, in fact, to... My goodness, $666. Who wants to miss out on that opportunity? 
Hey, Arnold. Uh, Arnold's listening this evening up in Pennsylvania. Just remarking, study history so we don't repeat it. Fuck. I know that feeling. I know that sensation. Lord God, the cold, the cold smoke is strong with them tonight. Wind must be blowing this way. <laughs> uh, thanks, Irish Dave. Uh, there's a there's a petition out there to change the name of Donald J. Trump State Park to Barack Obama State Park. Dave said, if this is done, will the orange loser and his supporters claim he's suffered enough? Yeah, I don't know how many... Uh, I don't know how many people have signed. Let's see. Well, you have to go through the signature process to find that out, so we'll be taking a powder on that. Some of what happened today was just basically a, a, a recap of other things that the committee had done. And, and it found its way to the executive summary. Stand by for a sneeze of the evening. You know, or not. Um, the executive summary is, is, is the best way to get a handle on... What what all uh, the committee got into? It's a long read. I'll be uh, I'll be going through that this evening. You know, sitting sitting up in bed with my little bifocals on or something. Um, but among among other things that appears there. Uh, the committee notes having asked people like John Eastman, Michael Flynn, Jenna Ellis, Phil Waldron, any of them, to give them the evidence that they had so bitterly complained was out there of the election having been stolen from Tangerine Tiberius and in each instance every one of them who at one point or another had said I have rock solid evidence took the fifth uh, in the executive summary it says not a single witness nor any combination of witnesses provided the select committee with evidence demonstrating that fraud occurred on a scale even remotely close to changing the outcome in any state. You could make an argument that the Eastmans of the world and the COVID Caligulas of the world are still acting in concert. That the conspiracy is not over. That it, the conspiracy is in fact ongoing. You could probably argue that the conspiracy will continue until there's no one left to conspire. 
Oh, and that brings us to uh, Precious, Precious Princess Iwanka Madaddy Trump Kushner, whom the January 6th committee says uh, was, and, and this is a way of saying not honest, They said uh, Precious Princess Iwanka Madaddy Trump Kushner was not forthcoming. And that's basically because they did things like uh, uh, saying, well, you know, I don't understand, I don't really remember. I was very busy that day. And, And one of the ones who did it was Precious Princess Iwanka, my daddy, Trump Kushner. Who the committee says did acknowledge to them that she essentially agreed with Bill Barr to prosecution, the former attorney general, that there was no evidence of election-altering fraud. Um... Within the executive summary, you can find the phrase, Ivanka Trump was not as forthcoming as Pat Cipollone and others about President Trump's, President Trump's conduct and uh, exhibited a lack of full recollection of certain issues. They also said that the um, accurately named Kali Maganini seemed evasive, as if she was testifying from pre-prepared talking points. In multiple instances, Maganini's testimony did not seem nearly as forthright as that of her press office staff, who test about, testified about what Maganini said. What this means is that, he, is that um, people like Maganini and Precious Princess Iwanka, my daddy Trump Kushner, still largely agreed with his desire to hang on to power. Or were mortally afraid of him. Well, I can't tell you everything. Daddy will cut me out of the will. How do you know this? Because he's Daddy. Why do you have to do what Daddy says? We always do what Daddy says. Why? Because he's Daddy. Wouldn't it be awfully nice to see maybe Precious Princess... Iwanka facing some criminal charges. I'd like that a lot. Then again, hope in one hand, right? Yeah. But like I said earlier, the uh, the 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 coronation of man of silly putty. Kevers McCarthy is still in limbo. Today, Lauren Bobblehead Bubert and Matt It Just Gates Worse uh, made clear that they're not in the same camp there now with the marginal trailer queen. They showed up on the Charlie Kirk show, oh, what fun, to let the mouth-walking, knuckle-breathing faithful know that they were standing tall. I gotta, I gotta ask.
ask you, though, everyone here is pro-Trump. They said Trump, Trump, Trump. Trump said Kevin McCarthy should be Speaker of the House. I disagree. Look, uh, I love President Trump. I'm going to vote for him in 2024. I'm going to campaign hard for him. But HR was not always his best thing. It was not only the best people. I mean, I remember having to deal with Jeff Sessions and Mattis and Tillerson and Bill Barr. Bill Barr. It was sort of a parade of horribles with some of the people he chose inside of Washington, D.C. So maybe we ought to have a choice come out of the House that represents the conservative center of our caucus. I'll be for Trump for president, but I will not follow him in supporting Kevin McCarthy for speaker. Lauren. Like I said, we have to have accountability here, and without that, Kevin McCarthy's not speaker. There has been no agreements made on that, and how can we believe anything else moving forward? So maybe things change on January 3rd, but um, President Trump should take a look at what is actually being said in the House of Representatives right now. And someone who we all respect, Marjorie Taylor Greene, says Kevin McCarthy is going to be a great speaker. I guess you'll have to ask Marjorie about that. I'm, I'm a fan of hers. I'm an admirer, but it's not something we see the same. Lauren? Uh, well, you know, I, I've been um, aligned with Marjorie and accused of believing a lot of the things that she believes in. I don't believe in this, just like um, I don't believe in Russian space so, lasers. Are, are you a hard no? Space lasers <laughs> okay. and all of this. No, I, I'm just saying we, we need to actually have an inside conversation okay. and, and, and make sure that these promises are there. We've had four. Did you notice? Those two don't like each other. Lauren Bobblehead Boobert actually brought up the Jewish space lasers. That's telling because you remember there was a story several months back saying that those two were at each other's throats and that they hated being compared to one another. And it's a it's a unique it's a unique problem for Lauren Bobblehead Boobert, Clanny Oakley. Simply because, yeah, her victory was confirmed in the last couple of weeks after the recount. She won by an almost inexpressibly narrow margin. So now she's in the position of having to either excite more idiots in her district or move to the center. And I guess we know, based upon what she said here, which way she thinks she needs to go for the uh, for that utterly bizarre district? What is it, Colorado Three? <sighs> yeah. So she's gonna she's gonna double down on the stupid, at the same time that she says that Marge is the stupid one with the Jewish space lasers. Oh my! <sighs> Come on. That's you and her fight. And I hope it doesn't, well, hurt too little. And apparently it's, uh, there, there's a lot of blame going around. You recall last week that Congress managed to cobble together another week's worth of government funding so that maybe they could keep the government open before the vandals got hold of it. Their goal is to come up with a continuing resolution that will la you know, last through you know, most of next year. Wow. Uh, there's rage, I'm telling you, rage. 
in the House of Representing, uh, and it's aimed at exiting, retiring Alabama Senator Richard Shelby. Now, it should always be recalled that Richard Shelby is, of course, a betrayer. Richard Shelby entered the Senate from Alabama after the demise of Howell Heflin. Howell Heflin, in turn, voted more with more often with uh, old 666 himself, Ronald Wilson Reagan, than did most Republicans. So Richard Shelby came in uh, as a Democrat, a Democrat after uh, Hal Heflin, and then what was it? Uh, was it in, was it in the, the 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 big apocalypse of 1994? He decided he suddenly was feeling far more Republican of late. And now I guess the Republicans feel like they're getting a taste. Politico wrote, Shelby is coming under heavy fire from conservatives for cutting one last deal with Democrats on a massive year-end spending bill, an effort supported by both Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell and President Joe Biden. Yet the Alabamians' fellow Republicans are calling him a fiscal sellout for trying to fund the government for much of next year before a chaotic GOP House takes over in January. So, Freedom Caucus Chair and recently referred to the House Ethics Committee member Scott Perry from Pennsylvania said, the, oh, it was a betrayal. And then Chip Roy of uh, Syphilis Springs, Texas, said, uh, 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 it, it, it's a new monument to himself. Because apparently Shelby sat down with uh, Appropriations Chair Patrick Leahy and wrote a great deal of the bill. Uh, without anybody else's input. Uh, Richard Shelby, meanwhile, uh, has his own sort of, I guess, snarky streak. He said it may help the Democrats in the short run, this bill, but by the same token, he's trying to save, this is good, save the House GOP majority from itself next year. Speaking to Politico, Shelby said, if we're successful, we'll have probably done them a favor. There probably won't be much thanks for it. And uh, so then Politico said, well, did you hear what Chip, uh, what Chip Roy from Dribbling Dick, Texas said? And he said, well, I don't want a monument. Monuments of pigeons and dogs. And... Uh, we know how it's going to go because Representing Kay Granger of Texas Stan will be the chair of House Appropriations next year, assuming that, uh, well, she'll be the chair. And she absolutely refused to negotiate with either Richard Shelby, Pat Leahy, or uh, the Representative Rosa DeLauro over on the House side. Richard Shelby, for his part, said, 
Well, I was surprised they didn't enter into negotiations because they're the Republicans in the House. They should have been at the table. They chose not to come. Well, that's up to them. Oh, and when one of the... When one of those gooey-voiced gooey, gooey Alabamians says, that's up to them, that means they done fucked themselves. Well, you know, Richard, you know, go and retire, go fishing. Nah, he's probably going to become a lobbyist and stay in D.C. Would you want to go back to Tuscaloosa, Alabama, after spending, what, 30 years in D.C.? Yeah, I didn't think so. No. Oh, and thank you, Theo. Hey, Theo, thank you so much. Uh, Theo jumped in and knocked out uh, 20 of the $32 that uh, Ralph's is looking for. So there's $12 left to get us down to a fundraising goal of, that's right, it only happens every now and then, but to get us down to a fundraising goal of $666. Don't want to miss out on that. Wouldn't it be great to be the $12 that at least parks the fundraising goal at 666 for a little bit? I I know y'all get a big kick out of that. I'm kind of grinning myself. But uh, that's a, I mean, we've got a, I know, Ralph says, I'd like a Vanka tried too, preferably an orange. So where else? Um, And and by the way, if you want to, if you want to talk about any of this January 6th committee stuff, um, you're welcome to jump in. The stress line is and remains 844-843-4676-844-THE-HORN. And you can get in on the Skype line by using Bob Kincaid Horn or 304-574-8178. They all come into the same place. And I'd love the conversation. You know I do. I know. I know. Todd is Todd just in South Carolina. Says, what the fuck? Six six six. Sheep. <laughs> it like I said, it doesn't happen all the time, but some folks get a bit of a giggle out of it. Oh God, love that coal smoke. Need to figure out. Well, there's really not much of a way to keep it out. It's just a drafty old house. Yuck. It's a nauseating smell. It really is. Meanwhile, as a sort of a hint, um, Jamie Raskin did add that uh, they didn't mention all the names that exist in the January 6th report who may have uh, committed prosecutable offenses. Yeah. 
not all. I hope there's lots of them. Lots and lots of names. Hey, thank you, Christopher. The number of the beast it is, Christopher says. And so we're the fundraising goal now stands at $666. Which means that that's today, all of today, all of Friday. But only $66 to finish fundraising for last Thursday. As we make this desperate attempt to pay an absolutely breathtaking power bill. And they're all pretty much going to be breathtaking until spring because, uh, well, West Virginia cheap coal-fried electricity. Someday we'll have solar panels here. Just not now. And so just to put a, uh, a bit of a point on it in terms of understanding what these criminal referrals were where they relate to Nitwit Nero. Uh, they sat down sort of a round table, Jamie Gangell, some others at CNN. And, you know, we're talking about lawyers here. And they... Uh, talked about the potential charges an insurrection they include obstruction of an official proceeding that's because of the efforts to impede the certification of the 2020 presidential results on january 6 2021 in congress the house select committee also recommending that donald trump be charged with conspiracy to make false statements as well as conspiracy to defraud the united states of america and uh jamie gangell uh, not to put too fine a point on it, but this has never happened before. Correct. It has never happened before that a bipartisan committee in the House of Representatives has said to the Justice Department, we think this former president committed crimes. Here is the evidence. Please go prosecute. Absolutely historic. Has never happened before. They have, look, DOJ has been doing its own investigation, but they have... They are sending over to the Justice Department a very specific roadmap of the evidence, the testimony they have collected. Today is a very bad day for Donald Trump and a very bad day for his presidency, historically. I, I just want to mention two things. One is there are some allies mentioned. When, when we look through this, this is a very big executive summary. Normally, there are 20 pages. This is 160 pages. But there are other people mentioned. Uh, there is a criminal referral, John Eastman, the conservative lawyer who came up with the plan, and they tried to convince Mike Pence to delay the count. He is mentioned specifically. There are others mentioned, like Jeffrey Clark at the Justice Department, Rudy Giuliani. But the committee did something else. The words and others are throughout this report. And that is because they don't want to limit the Justice Department. They were not going to put out a laundry list of long names. They don't know everything. They don't know what the Justice Department has. But the point is other people in Trump world who participated in what led to January 6th are on notice.
Pamela, uh, John Eastman is something of the ideological godfather of the last-ditch attempt to overturn the election, arguing that Mike Pence had the ability, which he did not constitutionally, to reject electors. Uh, he is one of those uh, who is going to be very nervous right now. Congress just told the Justice Department, we think this man committed a federal crime. Right, and we, and we know DOJ has already been investigating uh, John Eastman, but as Jamie said, this is now a further roadmap for DOJ to say, this is the evidence we collected. We all know about the, the, the uh, memo that he put together, right. a roadmap to overturn the election results. Well, now Congress is saying, here are the specific statutes that he violated, obstruction of an official proceeding and conspiracy to defraud the United States. Those are two of the four that the committee is recommending for um, Donald Trump as well. So it is notable that they want to single out John Eastman here, the former uh, uh, right-wing attorney and uh, Trump attorney during the election, uh, saying the you know others for the other people that they're um, including in this because they don't have the means that DOJ has. So it is notable they want to single him out. Right. At the end of the day, it's still very Trump-focused. Uh, you're not going to get any explanations about intelligence leading up to January 6th. You're not getting any kind of full explanations about some of the other things that happened on the way there. But it's very clear that they feel fundamentally, and I think Liz Cheney said this best, that President Trump believed then and continues to believe now he is above the law and not bound by our Constitution. This is important because over the next couple of months, as the former president tries to fight various investigations, he has often tried to talk about executive privilege. He's often tried to say, well, I am the presidency. This will have reverberations going forward. This is not just sort of her um, making a snide comment, uh, the former president. And I think it's, it's sort of a good moment to pause and think about how we're going to hear this echo over the next couple of months, because these investigations are not over. So, Andy, let me ask you a question uh, as former acting director of the FBI. I have an impression, and maybe it's wrong, that prosecutors like uh, public corruption investigations where they can get this congressman or this mayor or this governor. But when it comes to this type of investigation where somebody like Donald Trump or previously individuals like Hillary Clinton and others, that kind of level, that there's a, a wariness about getting involved. How do you think this referral is being received inside the Justice Department today? With exactly the sort of uh, sentiment that you just described, this is, by all accounts, a very mixed bag. This is a Pandora's box for the Justice Department for several reasons. One, on the plus side, it is a bit of a roadmap. It's a resounding exclamation point at the end of the committee's work. It comes with the results of over a thousand interviews, um, hundreds of people who uh, people who were interviewed and who they have detailed. Uh, uh, transcripts of their long interviews and so that's great but it also presents huge problems because many of the witnesses who might be essential to proving criminal charges resulted to some of these referrals may have also said things for instance under interview that were favorable to the president or exculpatory to the president or have other problems that might challenge their ability to testify completely and effectively as witnesses so the Justice Department has to go so much further on every single one of these people who was touched and interviewed and seen by the committee in any way. There is still a ton of work for them to do. Can we just add in it, it, the criminal referrals today and the way the committee handed them have really eclipsed a lot of the other news that's in here. It also begins with 17 findings. Uh, the first 12 are about Trump. But the others do address 
what happened with intelligence, what happened with security, what happened with the Capitol Police. And let's just also remember, this is just the beginning. We're going to get the full report, which I think is six or seven hundred pages, plus appendices and footnotes, plus transcripts and testimony on Wednesday, Thursday coming out. So while we heard about the criminal referrals today, I think that we will be hearing much more to Audie's point about security, intelligence. They did cover all those things in the report. And in terms of what, you know, people watching this might be wondering, what's new? What are we learning for the first time? Um, and, and what have we seen before? Uh, what jumped out to me is hearing directly from Hope Hicks, uh, a top advisor for the former president, saying that uh, he basically said, I, I have to win, even though acknowledging he knew he lost. I've got to win. It's all about winning to preserve my legacy. And also um, the bit about, you know, the, the, she said through talking to, to Hirschman, Eric Hirschman, that Trump did not want to put out a message to prevent violence ahead of the insurrection. And that feeds into uh, the messaging from the, the committee that this is a dereliction of duty from Trump, that he wanted this to happen, that he sat back, he um this was premeditated. He was pushing out those false claims and he provoked the supporters to, to um, attack the Capitol building on that day. But I do wonder, Andy McCabe, um, you know, I'm not a lawyer. How much for, for prosecutors as they try to build a case, particularly on insurrection, how much not doing your job, not acting factors in? Would that be a more difficult case to prove? Of course, a much more difficult case. And it's important also to note that with all of these charges, <clears throat> excuse me, the president would likely have very significant defenses baked in. There, there's all kinds of grounds for him to say, uh, for instance, with um, incitement uh, of, the, of an insurrection, to say, hey, this was a political process. I was engaged in political speech. That is some of the most protected speech by the First Amendment. I actually thought that the election there were there were you know irregularities in it and that I was simply pursuing my um, you know my right to pursue uh, the the result of the election that I thought was true now we can all sit here and say there's tons of evidence to show that he didn't actually believe that but nevertheless the existence of those defenses make these a much harder case for DOJ to prove than simply bringing evidence together and handing it to the department and saying, we'd like you to look into this. One thing they didn't have to do that I appreciated was to bring some focus on the consequences for regular people, the election workers who suffered because they were caught up in a vortex of lies and the conspiracy theories, even the insurrectionists who have gone on to say, I went because the president told me to go. These lives have been affected. Hundreds of people have faced charges from the DOJ. I think for us, it's like legal theory still. Mm -hmm. But there's lots of people whose lives are really torn apart by that day. And I, I think it was valuable for the committee to acknowledge and underscore that in its final meeting. Yeah, I mean, although Jamie, Congressman Jamie Raskin said something along the lines of this is a country that does not just go after foot soldiers. We go after Mass the command commanders as well. I, I, I'm not exactly sure right. that that's accurate if you look at the history of all sorts of prosecutions. Abu Ghraib is coming to mind right now. Uh, Aaron Bur Yeah, Abu Ghraib comes to mind. The entire fraudulent beginnings to the to Bush War II, you know, against the innocent people of Iraq. And we need to look forward and not back. Ah, it's always going to rub me the wrong way. Uh, note coming in from Scary Jerry, 616, the number of the beast. 
The synchronicity of this show is terrifying. I was just in a Reddit thread about the number of the beast, and here you call out the show funding total being 666. The Reddit thre the thread was referring to recent Dead Sea Scrolls relating to the true number as 616. I was mentally a million miles away using your sultry, deep, baso dune, dune reference voice to quell my tsunami of anxiety. Uh, yeah, suspiciously large woman with a suspiciously ba uh, baritone bass voice. I'm, I'm working on it, but it just doesn't work up here. I'm sorry. And you slide into my Reddit thread. If this wasn't the hundredth time this has happened in the eight years I've been listening, I wouldn't even comment. Kismet. Going through some hard times, Scary Jerry says, still trying to pull away from whatever the fuck they injected at the hospital. Time out. Another possible sneeze happening. Yeah, that one was real. Doing this on nothing but nicotine and caffeine, to prove a point, to generic family members. I'm broke, I'm broke as fuck or else I'd kick in. Horn fam, unite. Help a girl out. That'd be Robin. Merry fucking everything into all a good night. Thank you, Scary Jerry. Sorry, I didn't. I didn't. Didn't mean to. Didn't mean to trigger your uh, 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 apocalyptic uh, mood. Hope I hope it didn't do any damage. Um, <laughs> sultry, huh? <laughs> And meanwhile, Kim in New York, noting uh, kudos to Jamie Gangell. Got to give applause to her. She clearly read the executive summary and knows her stuff. I started on it before the program, but I'm, I'm nowhere near done. But she had more time, I think. That's a cheap excuse, Robin. Um, but it's... And the seven, 700 pages, you know, it was the Republicans who started that crap. Oh, that, oh, that health care bill is 1,400 pages. We can barely read. How can you expect us to read 1,400 pages with big words in it? And then there was how many pages of the Star Report. And, uh, <sighs> but she's right, you know, executive summaries are usually, you know, fairly, no, now, there's this a this is a big executive summary because they were exhaustive in its creation and it's full of actual quotes although I could have done with I, no I could not have I could have done without the question from the reporter about well does what does what he didn't do make it harder to prove and then Andrew McCabe, whose expertise, you know, I don't, I don't dispute. Uh, he might claim he was engaging in political speech, and that's one of the mo that's the most protected of all speech. True, true. But I don't, I don't think you can. I, I mean, it, we've talked so exhaustively on this program about. Uh, about, you know, the fact that we used to have... I mean, there are prior restraints to free speech. And the classic is always that you can't yell fire in a crowded theater or movie in a crowded firehouse. It, sorry, old joke. It's always going to be there. 
But you can't do that because it leads to stampedes and people get killed in the stampedes even if the fire doesn't get them. And so with that in mind, the question arises, if you replace fire in a crowded theater with election fraud where there was none, which is every bit as likely to inflame a certain segment of the population, can you yell fire in a crowded theater and say, because they stole the election, they, put the, they stole the election and they set the theater on fire, they did it, they run! Or, or maybe they stole the election, burned down the theater. I, it, it just feels like there's going to be a head-on collision between the two ideas. Uh, meanwhile, coming in from Dave number 11, I, I don't understand. I done tuned into Fox News and their expert anal- analyst said... The Justice Department will dismiss this witch hunt right away. You lying, Robin Kincaid. MAGA! <laughs> Haversham. <sighs> no, like I said, I haven't, I, haven't, I haven't gone over into those fever swamps because I just didn't know if I had the... Uh, the mental fortitude to do it just yet. We'll see. We will definitely see as time goes by, as the saying goes. And by the way, just because it's more in Monday and we got to work one in there somewhere, in the world of eternal right wing angst and anger. Trader Tot is angry. Very angry. And I don't... I need a graphic of this, but I don't have one. But suddenly, after years of molly coddling and cozying up to Nazis, uh, Trader Tot is mad at the New York Times over their crossword puzzle. Because they claim the... the, the, We all know how to crossword puzzle. The blank spots just happen to... really... form a... pretty easily recognizable... swastika. And then... Noted Hanukkah celebrator Donald Trump Jr. said, "Disgusting! Only the New York Times would go would get Hanukkah going with this in the in the, is the crossword puzzle. Imagine what they would do to someone who did this and was not ideologically aligned with them. I'll give them the exactly same benefit of the doubt they'd give those people. It's exactly zero. Well, uh." The puzzle was created by a guy named Ryan McCarty. He's a consulting manager. He's created 22 other crosswords for the Times. Uh, 
He went on to say he originally tried to make it work in a 15 by 15 grid, but then decided to expand the grid out to a Sunday size puzzle with a fun whirlpool shape. Really? So apparently it didn't quite work out as a fun whirlpool shape. But you kind of need to draw the lines around it to see the swastika. The black squares basically run in a square with it. And you know that Trader Tot did not figure this out by himself. And other people, this was not an accident. And so I guess, well, I mean, of course he was, of course he was raging about that because, well, his dad was being referred for criminal prosecution for being a total Nazi coddling shit weasel. Because again, there were Nazis present the day he called for a terrorist attack on the capital of the United States. Donald Trump Jr. angry at crossword puzzles. And it turns out there is other news out there today. A uh, judge today uh, in Houston, Texas, Judge Christopher M. Lopez lifted a stay. You know, a stay is a, a judicial pause. He lifted a stay that kept Sandy Hook families from collecting a billion and a half dollars against Alex Jones. Mm-hmm. He granted the order today uh, that was automatically put in place when Jones filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection. I mean, it literally is automatic. But a judge has discretion. And so in his order, Judge Lopez wrote, immediately allow the Sandy Hook post-trial families' cases to continue to proceed to entry of final judgment. And once judgments are entered, to allow appeals, if any, to proceed in the Sandy Hook post-trial families to pursue, respond, and to participate in any such appeals without further order of the court. Which means basically that uh, it's going to keep sucking to be Alex Jones. Thank God there's no audio of the hissy he had. Uh, let's uh, let's run over to the let's run over to the Skype line and uh, check in with Todd. Hey Todd, how are you? Good evening, Robin. How are you? Cold, huffing coal smoke, waiting for the buzz. What, what? Well, just cold. just just so I know, what qualifies as cold there? Well, the, it's going to be around eighteen degrees on. Okay, that qualifies as cold. Yeah, that's pretty damn. It gets cold here. I mean, we're in the we just carved out of the woods. There's not a whole lot of asphalt. And we may have some. Uh, 
we, we, uh, at least here, we're looking at a chance of snow, if not on Christmas Day, then on Christmas Eve Eve, you know, when the low gets down to four, and the following day three. Overnight low warms up coming into Christmas, though, because it's nine. Let's check in with Robin in the Weather Center. But 18 is cold. Yeah, that's, that's, don't leave the kitty cats outside cold. Don't leave the pups outside cold. I feel like, mm, after, like, 15, 18, I, for me, for my body, it's, it, that's, that's basically on the radar. That's cold as shit. And you can't, I can't tell them it's just cold. It's just cold. Yeah, and, and, and you just kind of want to sort of not move a lot. And stay under yep. as much covers as you possibly can, or layer up, or conserve that heat. Yeah, and then there's the the the, the eternal question of is it going to be windy or not? Well, that's the thing. Now, if you've never been to Chicago, oh boy, there's a reason they call that place the Windy City. For yeah, 365 days a year. This gale, you'll be cold as shit. Like, you'll be fucked up cold. And then a gale will come, and it will just, any kind of body heat that you had reserved in your clothing, I don't care how much you pay for that shit. Man, you're starting from zero, period. And it ain't no joke. I, no, that's, no, oh, There's a reason, you know what, maybe that's why the alcohol was flowing so bad in Chicago. You, I mean, seriously, it's, it, that ain't no joke. Man. Well, it was it was years and years and years ago on this program. Now that um, our dear friend Albert, the sage of Southwest Wisconsin, uh, brought up the fact that I think uh, Wisconsin, Wisconsin as a state consumes more brandy per year than any other state in the union per capita. Wow. Hmm. Oh, and which which reminds me, let me ask you. I got a question. Uh, do you make eggnog? Do you do you drink eggnog? I drink it. I have friends who bring their their recipe by, and I love I love yeah alcoholic eggnog is just wonderful. You know you don't want to drink a lot of it because you don't want that. Mm-mm, no, but I think it's really I think it tastes wonderful too. Here's my question: Should eggnog be alcoholified with rum? With bourbon or with brandy? Rum and brandy. Whoa, badass. Rum and brandy. They, they, you know, that's, that's grapes and, and sugar. Yeah, rum, rum and brandy. Yeah, molasses now, even. Yeah, you know. Yeah, molasses. especially like a, especially like a, uh, a dark rum, like uh, oh, I don't know, uh, an Appleton or uh, mm-hmm. that Appleton Plantation. They're dark. Oh yeah, yup, yep, exactly. That that one fifty one Appleton. Or the one ninety. I don't know. It's, it's a high proof, an overproof. Um, I'm I'm hearing you, but you know, you, you just made me think about like um, there. Luckily, there's a little hole-in-the-wall uh, store of liqueurs in the area. 
And I don't know how they do it, but they got these mini battles for a dollar. I, I mean, it's like, like real, real shit. Like the Kraken. That's how I hooked on to the Kraken. I can't oh, yeah. Call Kraken. Kraken ain't no joke, man. That's just, that's just the shit. That the Kraken is, it, it's all. Well, let me suggest down. another one. Because um, uh, I got some eggnog from a friend of mine recently, homemade. And they had used a rum brand called Bumboo, B-U-M-B-U. I've never heard of that. And it's like, I mean, you know, like Captain Morgan's mostly just rum with some vanilla in it. Well, this this stuff has like, and it was so good in the eggnog, because the Bumboo has like a banana butterscotchy thing going on. And it was fabulous. Along, you know, and then you know, you just, you you just hammer it with the nutmeg on top, and away you go. But that 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 well, the, if if you can find minis of the bamboo, try that stuff. That's amazing. I'm look, I'm glad you told me that. I'll be on the lookout. Um, yeah, I'll be on the lookout for that. Uh, and you know, and, and the brandy, you know, brandy is brandy. It's uh. You know, and I, I don't know if this is true, but the fable from from my father, I don't know if it's true, is that uh, cognac only, you know, cognac is, cognac is brandy, but it's only cognac if it comes from the cognac region of France. Well, the, 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 cha- the champagne region, because cognac is cognac because it's made with champagne or champagne grapes. Okay. Because then, the, because cognac's kissing cousin is Armagnac. I saw him in the bar the other day. I, I <laughs> Armagnac, you saw him in the bar the other day? Sure, went in the barber shop. He wasn't at his best. Well, it's the holidays, you know, it takes a lot out of you. But it is the holidays, and the holidays can be tough, and, you know, are you okay? Oh, I'm good. I'm, it's peaceful. Look, I'm going to get to the, this. is like, it's very peaceful. Keep it peaceful. Um, you know, you got to make the best. It's, it's a lot of people who are not doing that well. I don't Oh, wait a minute. I'm glad, well, you asked me if I'm okay, but I don't know why. It's just, it's just nothing to do with what we're talking about. That's okay. But doesn't have to be. You know, and this is not happy talk. This is this is like economics. You know, as far as I remember, I, I, you know, I've been trying to, I, I've been keeping track of news since I was a teenager. And it seems to me for my whole living life, uh, unemployment rate, right? The unemployment rate, if it was at like 5% or 4, 4, like if it was at 4, that's like full employment. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, that's, that's, that's margin of error territory. Yeah. So most of the country, went, you know, it's down like three something. So I'm thinking, and these people still crying, like, well, everybody who can work is working. 
I mean, what what the definition just changed because they don't they don't like it. Well, no, that's 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 what makes that's what makes this period of inflation unlike any other period of inflation. You've got maximum employment and prices shooting through the roof, which, as Katie Porter has pointed out, kind of means that they're it's just corporations profit gouging, profit farming. That's what. Yes. See exactly. It's price, it's price gouging, and it's been, come on. Because they, they, they're like, oh, they can pay. You know, because if you talk to conservatives, they'll say, well, you know, if you tax the rich, then it's just going to go up on your prices. I'm like, well, what does that make them? I said, you just conceded the fact that, okay, they're, they're shitty. That's, that's what you just said. Like, Okay, so maybe there's a middle ground. Maybe, okay, we'll let them get half of what they want. But the other half, they have to put into maybe, I don't know, medical care or public service or art, some, something that, we, that this country needs. Because I'm seeing a whole lot of price gouging for my, my little crow's nest. That's what I've been seeing. Yeah. I don't know about you. No. I mean... I, okay, back to the food porn. I went over to Kroger's the other day, and I, because I had this terrible, I, I haven't I haven't made my own spaghetti sauce that I got the recipe from my mama and et cetera, and she from her mama, in ages, and I was just absolutely consumed by the idea of making the spaghetti sauce. Hadn't had it in forever. It was deli- and to go through and get the ingredients for it. It's like, no big deal. Because you can make it for pretty cheap. Okay. Um, but I went to the Wiggling Pig, and, you know, I, I go there. They've got a better meat, meat selection. they got a better meat cutter. And so I got two pounds of 93% lean ground beef and a pound of ground Italian sausage, you know, no casing. And two packages of pork chops, six total pork chops, on their five for twenty-five deal. Oh, they have that there. All right. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 of course, it, you have to be smart about it. You don't just grab five things. If it's things that are measured by weight, you dig through there until you find the most expensive package, and you and buy them you because you're getting from, from, them. Wait. What? You snatch it up as fast as you can. Yeah, so, you know, so, but that's three pounds of meat and six pork chops, $25. Um, I cheat and I use the spaghetti seasoning mix. The McCormick shit was almost four, it was almost three dollars a pouch. What? Oh, that's insane. Oh, no, no. That, that, and it's that, mostly that, nothing but flour. It's nothing. Look, it's salt, maltodextrin, sugar, uh, paprika. I, I, look, man, I, come on. Stop it. Jesus right. But, but then, so, the, what? so then I moved over into the spaghetti sauce aisle. Oh, back of meat. You know how much meat you can eat for? There's more meat for that. Yeah. So I moved over into the sauce aisle because I was in a hurry. And I got a jar of Newman's Saccharini, a jar of 
the spaghetti sauce that is made by a company here in West Virginia, you know, real Italians, and one can of, like, Hunt's. And every one of those was over $3. Yeah. Well, I mean, no. Newman, yeah. So, you know, but dad. Uh, three one-pound packages of angel hair were five bucks. That was like, man, it's been 99 cents forever. And sometimes 50. A lot of times 50. Yeah. And this was three for five dollars on special. And so you can't, you can't convince me that somebody's just profit-taking somewhere. And I don't know if it's all the way down the line or if it's just being taken at the retail end. But my friend who runs the place says, no, no, they're gouging the shit out of me, too. See, it's the gouging. See, it started at, okay, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a proponent of the gouging theory. But it's complicated, but the gouging's in there because they know that it's so, it's so muddy, they can jump into muddy water and they can't be pointed out because everybody's full of mud. See? Because this Ukrainian war, no matter how you feel about it, because there are a lot of people who feel like, oh, we shouldn't be sending all that money over there. It's a proxy war. It's that blah, blah, blah. But from an economic standpoint, um, it's a, it affects the whole world because those folks over there use a lot of oil. They fry a lot of shit. And when that, when that sunflower oil stock went down, when they started messing with the fields and the crops, we hadn't even seen it yet. It's, it's about to it's, it hit, but it's really going to hit. It's really going to hit. Um, that, that's where, like in the Middle East, that, that's where they get the oil from. No, excuse me, their cooking oil is from that fertile fertile area in Ukraine. In Ukraine, and um, you know that's just one part of it. But you know these economists, I don't, I, I just. Like this Ratner folk, this Ratner guy is getting on my nerves. I, I just, I just about had it with him. Because no matter what happens, it's always the people's fault. He never talks about the price gouging, which is quite evident. Because you see, even though the president really has no control over this stuff, Biden released that that oil, and you know there were some experts on NPR today, and they said that was a good thing. Because remember, we can always refill that. That that's going to come. We have oil, and and we have not talked, my friend. Look here, woman. We have not talked since the Keystone and since the, oh, the the mysterious Keystone pipeline that was shut off. Oh, wait a minute. How did it leave? Yeah, you mean the one in Northeast Kansas? That one. Enough tar sands crude to fill an Olympic swimming pool. That one. That one, from, from the pipeline that wasn't on. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, curiously enough, we were talking about it here before anybody else, so. But we do that. Cur- curiously. Well, you know what, and that, that's a wonderful segue into January 6th. You know, your, your program affords, affords people who wish to engage. You know, to, to flesh out things without being um, tormented, tarred, feathered, you know, to, to hear people out. And it appears to me that that 
participants in your program kind of figured this shit out way early on. What was going on? And it just—it's—it's it's just amazing. I mean, it's, it's, your library is going to be just—it should be going to the Library of Congress. You know, you need—we need to resurrect Lomax so you can trundle around there in his old, you know, '57 Chevy or whatever. <laughs> Well, while we're, well, if we're feeling prophetical, um, I'm, you know, we, we had a call from Paul from Parts Unknown last week, and those are always informative. And you know, he sort of he, he sort of uh, uh, cranked up the siren about what's, and then I saw the number. China is expected to have two million COVID deaths. In 2023 alone, deaths, not infections, deaths. Okay. And when the and, and, and when the authoritarian Chinese who will weld your Chinese ass into your apartment, we remember that from the very beginning of the pandemic. And they were they were happy about doing this. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> uh, well. When Xi Jinping, who is the leader of the most humongous authoritarian dictatorship in the world, when that dude bows to public pressure and says, oh, fuck it, go out, cough all over each other for all I care. What, what, I mean, what, what does that say? I mean, he was killing people last year. And... You know, two, 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 and and I'm, I'm not trying to be dismissive here, Todd. But two million out of a population of what, one point two billion? Right. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm. Um, well, here, let's get this right. Um, get your math. I know you're dealing with math. Oh, look, population of China. 1.4 billion. Yeah, two, two million dead out of a population of 1.4 billion is a rounding error. Mm-hmm. So maybe he's just like, yeah, well, you know, they're dumb. Well, what I was going to say is that, okay, so we got uh, two million deaths, right? That's what you said. From yeah. COVID. So, so conservatively, like within a confidence interval of you know nine point nine five, right? You one one could estimate that's times ten of people who are infected. See, it right, and that's where I was going. If that's two million dead, that's how many infections? And right. you know, we we probably did not have to have a million dead. At a rate of about, you know, roughly, you know, a third of a million a year, and climbing. But but Nitwit Nero is in the White House, so here we are. Right. Um, but one wonders if it if it catches fire again. How how and this is what scares me. How will the Biden administration? handle it when we know that there's a there's there's still tens of millions of barking grunting idiots out there okay 
See, you know what? I'm glad you brought that up because soon when I when I heard what you're talking about, because it was like a sudden change, like because the people were protesting, they wanted they wanted to be open, but then the government's like, no, this is like it's jumping off. We you know we got to clamp this down again, you know, because these people live close. So maybe you're thinking the same thing I was thinking. Okay, now the the disease, the the virus is rampant again. When you have that many people infected, my God, the variants when it when it starts to mutate from that many people, and then it, then it comes over here, we like we, all we can do is, is hope, hope and pray, because this is a this is a novel virus. You know, this fucker is not he ain't going away. And the one thing I did notice is that did you uh, hear Joe this morning? That motherfucker finally admitted. Oh, I'm wearing a mask. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah he must be. I, hey, Joe, how you doing, buddy? I know it's not quite bedtime yet, but thanks for listening. Glad you caught Paul from Parts Unknown's call last week. And I'm, you know, and I'm not being, I'm not trying to be an asshole because I don't know if he contributes or not, but I'm just saying that, that you know, he was always when people go back to school and no masks, and I'm like, okay. Yeah, what? Oh, no, I, I, re I remember his many tirades about, why are the office buildings empty? Because. See, this, this, is, this shit, man, we, I don't know. We just have to hope. That, that's why we have to keep, people have to keep getting these vaccinations. Because it does help. I'm, I mean, I had, I'm telling you, I had that raw shit with no vaccination early on. You don't want that. I've never been the same. You don't want it. You don't want it. It's not about dying. It's about it's, you can it wrecks your body. It shit fucking yeah. wrecks your body. Dan, it's about you know it, it it it's about the horizontal crucifixion. Oh God. Um, I don't, I'm sorry. We were talking about food though, right? No, we were, we were, but I mean, I think this is this is valid too. Well, okay, so January sixth. Now, you know, do you, do you recall? Well, it was so interesting. You know, this program we talked about. Okay, well, who could possibly be involved? You know, we, and we have all these people talking about. Well, we're we're upset because, you know, the votes were were faulty, or because people, you know, vote voter registration, voter fraud. And here we have, we know that, that, we know that Mark Meadows is a vote for We know that. Yeah, how many, three, three, three different residences, three different uh, registrations? He should be, just, I, I don't understand, that should be on the news every day. You know, we didn't make him do that. We didn't make him do that. You know, no. and there's, there's, there's people in prison right now. There's a black woman in jail for, for voting. There's a bunch of people in jail because they were convicted felons and they, you know, they were told they could vote and they weren't supposed to or this and that. Oh, and by the, by the way, some uh, breaking news, speaking of lawbreakers. Um, Harvey Weinstein um, has been found guilty as of today of rape and sexual assault or sexual assault um, a jury in L.A. brought the verdict back, and he's doing 
23 years for rapes in New York. Mm. So he'll be sentenced next year for the L.A. rape. And that probably means he, that probably means he spends the rest of his days in prison, which causes me no grief whatsoever. It wasn't just one or two people, right? No, I mean, and that, and you know that's one of those things. What I there are movies that he was behind that I absolutely love, but then you read the accounts of the uh, of the women that he that that he dealt with in the course of making them. For instance. As much of a freaking weirdo as she is, Gwyneth Paltrow, you know, Jade Egg, Jade Egg Gwyneth, she turned in a delightful performance in Shakespeare in Love, which was a Harvey Weinstein production. And we find out later that she was subjected to horrifying indignities. And, you know, how, how, do, you, how do you deal with that? Um... Uh, it's kind of like watching uh, Kevin Spacey movies. That's exactly what. I, yep, yep. He did the art. My God, the House of Cards. That's one of the best. Well, for me, it's the Usual Suspects. I mean, I love that movie. I just love the. I love. The, I love the gigantic mind fuck that that movie is. But it's hard to watch it now without an. You get the idea. You know, it's almost like we'd rather not know because it just gets in the way of life. But at the same time, it is life. It's real. Those are people's lives. But, you know, you made me think of something. Um, I think her last name was Brooks. I believe it was Louise Brooks. It might be her name. I don't know why it's coming out. But... She had. She was the original one with that chop cut flapper, that uh, point bob cut. Yeah. Okay. And she's the first one to talk about the casting couch. This is back in the silent movie. Uh, so that you know, she was talking about the casting couch from the day she died. And there's a YouTube documentary about that. I mean, we're talking way back, like 1922 or. Yeah, she started when she was an older teenager, like 17, something like that. I think, yeah, Louise Brooks, I think it last name was, I think that's it. But, um, you know, and, and, and she said, frankly, she didn't mind it, you know, because apparently, you know, she was, you know, she said she was horny, you know, she was a horny woman, but she said she picked and choose and it was difficult, but, you know, that's the way it was. And so maybe things haven't changed, you know, and, and women do it too. See, people do it. It's a people thing. Because women do it to men. I mean, this is not get it twisted. It's a, it's a, it's a power thing. It's a power thing. Oh, I, I, I think you're not, I think you're not wrong. Not in the least. Oh, and uh, I saw another story. Uh, the American disease has crossed the uh, northern border again. Um, Which is? Uh, six people, including the original shooter, are dead in uh, outside Toronto. Um, apparently the community of York, or Vaughan, 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 Canada, just north of Toronto, happened last night active shooter who had shot several people 
five killed, a sixth taken to the hospital in serious condition. Uh, a male uh, was killed during an interaction with police officers. And it was all at a condo. Um, and the cops aren't saying what caused it or it. I bet sometimes Canada wishes they weren't quite so close to us. Oh, and speaking of stuff that we've talked about and somebody else finally catches on, people are finally beginning to get indignant about the Virginia cop who drove all the way across country and used his service weapon to blow away a grandma, a grandpa, a mama, and kidnap a 15-year-old little girl with whom he'd been pretending to be 17 years old online. And the Virginia State Police says uh, they're not going to release his file because they don't have to, and they don't want to. Too bad. But all they'll say, because they they let him join the Virginia State Police even after... He had been sent for a psyche eval after threatening to murder his, murder his daddy. Oh, see. Now, I'm just being fair here, as people like to say. Let's just be fair. When, when, they're, when, they're, when their side shoots a civilian, and maybe it turns out it's questionable why they, the civilian was shot, they just dig up all anything he can find on what you know he had he had gas twenty four seven and he stunk up the place and they, you know anything they could find on the civilian. You're right. You know, this, see that's why people that this is that's why people protest. It's, it's 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 pretty much that simple. It's like you're not a protected class. You know, you're a human being like everybody else, and you you don't know what's going on when you clock out. You know, maybe you got butt hurt because the girl didn't talk to you or the guy you were dating, whatever. Yeah, okay. You're moving into incel territory there, right? Yeah. No, I'm just saying. Like, no, the the. the I can't get a girlfriend. I deserve a girlfriend. I put the I put the nice money in. Why didn't the sex come out? Yeah, that's incel territory. You listen to these people. A lot of them think like that. Oh yeah, I don't just listen. I see it every day. I mean, just because because I I, I, fo- I follow places online where this stuff is documented. I saw one today from some incel saying that women should not live past forty because they're 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 no use after menopause. That's fucking stupid. Good God, see. And and of course, if you pay, if you, if you're like me and you pay attention to the grammar, you know this stuff is coming out of uh, really gross troll farms um, and places where women's rights are still aspirational and not operational on a massive scale. Well, speaking of that, Washington Journal was interesting. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. What no. did you, ba- you did you bounce over to Washington Journal after Joe admitted he wears masks? It, well, it, well, you know, I had BBR, so 
I had time today. So, uh, Bougie. I, I was watching. What? <laughs> but Bob is ringing his cowbell on his head. Bar- look, look, Robert. I, look, man. I, I hear you ringing your <laughs> Oh, Robert, man. Uh, look. Um, yeah, so, yeah, but, you know, because all these months, he's like, oh, he got to just, you just, you just, just, you know. It'll be okay. And all the while, people are like, yeah, on a plane, okay. Right, and then Mika Mika jerked a knot in his ass. She sure did. See, we're we're on the same page. Lady, we're on the same page. So, she's still a burnout, but that's okay. Well, I mean, you can't fix that. You can't. You can't. If you did too much once, you did too much once, and you just got to go from there. It ain't coming back. Yes, it's it. <laughs> Is that your best impression of a cowbell? Yeah, but I, I'm not trying to overshadow you because, I, frankly, I'm going to be honest with you, like, I have I have wonderful conversations with a group of friends. You know, I'm still in contact with my my high school people, man. That's cool. Yeah. I'm in I'm in contact with some of mine. Well, we talk about shit, right? Because you know, and because remember, I went to school in upstate, you know, above Austin, way up, you know, and um, you know, we go to the city on, on weekends and stuff. But we talk about this real shit, and I I just found this dog's like. And and when we say something funny on the phone, it you know, it's just it's funny, man. It's great. I stay in touch. Oh man. So the January sixth. All right, so now here here's the quintessential question, right? This is what we posed way months ago. Now I was surprised. I was surprised that maybe, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Remember all right, let me let me flush this out a little bit. Talk about Mary Garland. Now I'm looking at the clock, so I don't eat up all your time. But oh, you're fine. Oh, okay. So people were concerned. Like, is he really doing his job to to timid? So some months ago, less than a year ago, I would say six or seven months ago, he had an interview. Six or seven or less. And he said, we will follow the evidence wherever it goes. And and people kept asking him questions. You know, every time he went on this network, that network, he would say the same thing. And apparently he meant what he said. And so we have all that evidence. But now this evidence that's been uncovered by the, the, the sixth committee, January 6th committee, right, that's being turned over. You know, just because it is to the Justice Department. In other words, they've done their work. They, you know, they did the investigative work, and they can just turn that all those dossiers, all that, all those briefs, and all all that evidence over to the Department of Justice. Now, but is it worth it? Are you really going to indict 
a fresh former president that had been impeached twice in one term. See, there's a bunch of variables floating around here. So we, we already know he's been a miscreant since day one, like the sent, you know, sentient people. Even regardless here, if you pick, you know, it doesn't even matter. Like unless you're unless you're not in the cult, you get that. It didn't take long. He broke the law from like day one. You know, with the emoluments. It's just it just he's a grifter. He's always been a grifter. You know, grifter is called grift. You know, then it just kept growing. The malignancy. You know, it was malignant. He was like, it's all emboldened. I don't even do anything. You know, fuck you. I just, I'm taking the money. I don't care. And we find out about these documents. Now, we already know the motherfucker, if he's not a Russian asset, he's a pretty good impersonator of a Russian asset. I mean, you can't get any closer than that. Well, you know, what's the, what's the claim? He's been, he's been bought since 1987. He's been an asset. That's what it appears to be. We forgot about that server in Trump Tower, right? You Here's didn't. I didn't. So there, there's some meat on this veal bone. There's a whole lot of meat on this bone. Um, but the problem is that, you know, we got a whole this, this statistically significant portion of America who's highly armed and, and loves homemade liquor. And they are having it. So do do we? I don't. But you see, and it makes me think about the the, the issue of slavery. Like people in the north didn't really want them Negroes up up there because they were down south. They didn't really want them Negroes. You know, they, they were happy with the Negroes they had. They didn't want no extra. And, you know, but then the Fugitive Slave Act, that kind of changed things. That was a little weird. It's like, no, you know, this is just, that's a little bit too much. But it becomes a question of where do you draw the line? Because then you turn people into criminals. And you see, these folks are living vicariously through the spirit of Donald Trump. So when they feel like he's attacked, they feel like they're being attacked. And you hear that every morning on Washington Journal. And it's unfortunate. Because I mean, let, let's look at the facts here. Because the people I know, my friends, whatever, that voted for Trump, and he said, well, he, he was for America, and, you know, and jobs. And I'm like, okay, that's what he talked about. Let's, let's look at, look how much Biden has done. The CHIPS Act. Now we are finally making high-end technology chips here again. You know, and this is the right time to do it because, you know, the chips are different now than they were 10 years ago. I mean, it changes every seven years. Anyway, three, four, seven. So instead of talk, that's action. 
the highway bill. I don't know where you live, but roads are being paved around here. New, we got new black asphalt, and I have to remind you, oh, you know, it's the Democrats. We, we did that. You didn't want it. But now you like to use the roads, don't you, motherfucker? It's a fancy-ass pick-em-up truck. Mm-hmm. You like that shit, don't you? So, you know, we got we got to hold people to account. And not, not in a negative way, but in a positive way. Like, okay. You're like this, right? Well, who do you, how do you think this happened? And then, and then you know, study their response. Because most of the time, they, they, they just can't, they can't bring themselves to do it. It's like, okay, your grandma, your grandma's being taken care of, right? That's your tax dollars at work. You complain about taxes. That's your tax dollars at work. Exactly. No, no, you're right. You're absolutely right. Uh, and and you know you 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 talk about the delicate and tender fifis of tangerine Tiberius. These, you you see these stories. This one this one comes from the Daily Beast, and of course you know confirmation bias is what it is, and we tend to believe things that we find believable within our biases and so the Daily Beast story published today uh, focuses on a former uh, host for Onan the network that spills its news upon the ground her name because of course she's a she is Natalie Harp and before okay. I go before I go any further, we have to ask Mr. Google to show us Natalie Harp. And there she is. Uh, she graduated from Liberty University. You know that's 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 otherwise known as Jerry Falwell U. She graduated from there in 2015. That's back when Jerry was sitting in the corner with a tennis ball in his mouth and duct tape around his head uh, watching the watching watching the pool boy do becca um yeah because they had family values there at uh at bondage university yeah yeah they're there jerry falwell you and so naturally natalie is a um is a is, is a blonde and apparently her Twitter profile has disappeared. But she's... So anyway, uh, she's young and beautiful with very blonde, Ivanka-like features because gross. But, you know, I wank at my daddy Trump Kushner. Um, so... She used to be a host at Onan, but then Onan fell on hard times. And she has a new gig now, Todd. You're going to love this. Most of Nitwit Nero's days are spent playing golf or flinging ketchup at walls or uh, screaming at whoever thumbs in his truth social messages. 
but we return to the idea of golf. And Natalie Harp's job, imagine you went through four arduous years at Jerry Falwell U. And, 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 and you know, attending, attending convocations where Jerry Jr. waved his pistol about and talked about how they could have it when they took it from his cold, dead fingers. She talked at the Republican National Convention in 2020. And she said that Donald Trump saved my life because he signed a bill that said people could get access to experimental treatments. And that's how my stage 2 bone cancer was treated. Praise Jesus. Of course, being a Christian, of course, being a Christian, Natalie Harp is a, say it with me, one, two, three, liar. Because the experimental treatment had already been approved by the FDA. But, you know, lying has never slowed down an evangelical. Um, but her job now, this young woman, um, so what? She's maybe 30 now. She's had a broadcast career at Onan. And her job now is to ride in the golf cart with Nitwit Nero. And in the golf cart, there's a laptop and a printer. And this woman's job is to read him stories about how awesome he is. And when he really likes, and when he really likes one of them, Todd, she prints it out for him. Uh, uh, look, look, lady, is, is that really true? Yes, sir. No, I'm serious. Like all jokes aside. That, no, yeah, she shows him uplifting news articles and online posts. So he's disabled. That's what he is. He's mentally disabled. Uh, well, I mean, how many, how many, how many Twenty Fifth Amendment conversations were you on on this program, Todd? You just let that shit fly. According, according to the Daily Beast story. In a story looking at how the former president has been spending his time since leaving the White House. The Washington Post reports the former One America News host rides alongside Trump in a golf cart fitted with a laptop and sometimes a printer to show him the positive coverage while he plays. <laughs> Anything for a buck. You know, I, I, I guess I guess it be. I mean, she's got she's got spokesmodel looks. I mean, I, but I guess it beats the hell out of working for QVC. I mean, it's all I got. And then there's another aide named Molly Michael, uh, whose job is to call Trump's allies, asking them to call Nitwit Nero. And boost his spirits on days that are quiet. 
I mean, we've used all of these different satirical Caesar names for him, but he is. He's he's one of the Caesars. You know, I think it was Friday on the front porch when Steve said, you know, I, I'd really just as soon he went ahead and said that if he comes back, he's making a horse a member of the Senate again. I mean, it would actually be saner than he is now. Oh, you know, well, if, if they were thinking about that. He could have been Speaker of the House. Uh, yeah, Kevin no, McCarthy. But nobody in their right mind actually wanted that. No. Because he would be more likely to go after people on his own side of the aisle if they didn't do exactly what he wanted. He's described as wandering aimlessly around Mar-a-Lago. Hmm. I mean, and this is, you know, this isn't the Pat Buchanan story of Nixon taking off his shoes and walking lonely along the beach at San Clemente. Well, this this is a volatile situation in that we already know he has top secret files. We only know what I mean. We only we, only, we don't even know how deep that goes. It's deep enough where it's concerning what they've told us. And see, when when you start talking about stuff with who our assets are and our our policies and procedures and how to you know how how we do espionage. That's a big deal. Yeah, it is. Uh, one person talking about his life down at uh, Magaloco now said uh, he wanted to replicate the grandeur of the White House, but it's more like, and this is a quote, a Barbie Dreamhouse miniature. Oh, it's going to sting. So he's losing his mind. Yeah. And some of it may be a setup because uh, there was a story the other day, Todd, coming out of Florida about a preacher. Okay, this guy bilked something on the order of $8 million in COVID relief funds, and he got caught. Uh the 64-year-old Evan Edwards and his son, 30-year-old Josh, were both arrested at their beach home last week. They face 30 years in the joint if they're convicted. And lo and behold, they were supposed to be uh, they, were, they were supposed to be hailed into court to answer the charges. And by the time they got them there, well. Uh, the uh, the news story from NBC said what was supposed to be their first court appearance went sideways fast. Evan Edwards was a no-show after he told officers he had medical issues and refused to get in his wheelchair in a court holding cell. That according to U.S. Uh, Assistant U.S. Attorney Kara Wick speaking to the judge on the case. Then the magistrate, David Baker, asked Edwards's lawyer if she'd gotten the chance to speak to him 
His lawyer said uh, 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 a uh, uh, a lawyer named uh, Hyde said, uh, I- "I've tried to, Your Honor. Uh, Mr. Edwards appears to be nonverbal. I don't know that he understand understood anything that I said. I didn't get any responses from him. If he said a word or two, they were not words in a complete sentence, or that were." relevant to what I was talking about. So the magistrate said, well, off off to the psych hospital with you. And his, his son played a similar game. And I only mentioned that, you know, these guys ripped off $8 million. They claimed that they had a bullshit uh, ministry with a $2.7 million monthly payroll. They had 500 employees. They called it Aslan International Ministry and got a PPP loan, you know, for $8 million. Um, oh. the, 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 the officials of the government can't even determine whether Aslan International Ministry has any employees at all. But they did use $3.7 million of the, of the uh, uh, stash to buy a nice little house in Orlando. So with all that having been said, the reason I bring it up is because part of this shambling around Magaloco thing may be setting up his defense. I, I don't know when I first said this, but I know I did, and we're talking about a year or more ago. If they indict his ass the first time we see him, he will be in a, a wheelchair with a tartan plaid blanket over his lap and drool coming out of his mouth. Like, um, like crazy, they can monster. Uh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, exactly. Yep. He wore his robe around, but, you know, because he, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up the way you did, because I, I lost my train of thought, because, you, you know, you're still telling me so. Well, I do that, I'm sorry. Well, you know, you're good at it. And, oh, God, I lost it already. All right, we're talking about that today. Wait a minute. Oh, anyway. oh that's so sad. I don't know, so many things to think about. Yeah, so I don't understand how that is. Like, this man has done, he's done more to America in, in four years than anybody, any other president. He's done more to America four years than any other president. And when you listen to folks, some people, and it's not all about ethnicity. It's just, you know, he gave hope to people. But, but Biden is, Biden is producing. You know, with the Congress behind him, we're making, the things he's doing now, we're not, you don't, you're not going to see it right away. You know, it's it's coming. You have to be patient. And I, I wish I could remember exactly. Uh, I wonder what to ask you about. I'm seeing I'm grasping here. Um, oh, it had to do with January 6th. Um, let's see. Oh, it doesn't matter. I guess it wasn't that important. It won't come to me. What, what were you talking about before? 
Maybe. Well, we were ta- we were talking about him riding around on the golf course, being read stories, and yeah. and and like, uh, someone who coordinates his friends to call him and tell him to feel better about himself that he's valid. That's it. See, you're, this is what I'm talking about. People, and I'm not going to lose it this time because I'm going to. You better say it. I, I am going to say it. But what I'm about to say is that you are so good at what you do. And and your your engineering team and your and your interns, which is all you, you know, so you got like. <laughs> like Well, it's not, well, kind of, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you have helped Steve and, and, um, and Duncan, you know. Oh, God. But so, Brother Deacon. So, sorry. Uh, no, don't, bro, man, bro, let me tell you, the Brother Deacon, that mug, look, look I, I just, Brother Deacon is just a fucking amazing. It's like, you think you, think you know shit, then here he comes. Well, I don't know about that, God damn it. <laughs> I'm not going to give any details, but I'm just going to say you should have seen his first night of Hanukkah board. The spread he put out. Oh, my. Really? Yummy. I don't doubt it. I, I mean, he just doesn't, he doesn't play. I mean, seriously, like, he didn't. He doesn't say there's very little. He don't open, look. But see, you lost the thread again. You were going somewhere. I know. I wrote it down. I'm good. It's, all right. All right. That's what I was going to say. Because I, I was late to this. I heard, okay, the big announcement's coming. This is last week with with, uh, with, with, with Trump's cards. And I, when I saw it, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't differentiate like onion-esque material from, is it, did he really, is that it? Did he really do that? Yes. The art is not even good. It's like, that's some fucking clip art. But but, but according to news reports, it sold out and now it's doubled in value already. Well, that's how fucking stupid we are. Oh, see, you know what? Eat now. Look, have fun now, people. Make your merriment now. There ain't no hope for us. We're fucked. We're fucked. Oh, hell, we're fucked. We're fucked. Todd, do you think we're fucked? We're fucked. How, who, what? The, the fact that he made a dime off of that, that's, that, that is a, such a sad commentary. Now, maybe he bought it from himself like some people do with books, but because that could be another scam, too. But no, I believe. I got a different theory. Uh oh, let's hear it. Well, you know, you can embed data inside an NFT. Yep. Uh oh. Let's say. <laughs> let's say. Let, let, let's say you had some confidential. You know, top secret materials. You know about that too? You know about that too? In, inside the pencil. Yeah. And you wanted to tra- and 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 you wanted to transfer it kind of seamlessly without a trace to your buddies in maybe I don't know Qatar or Saudi Arabia or Mother Russia. Damn. 
man. Yo, that is brilliant. And Oh, that's how he's getting it out. There's a money trail and you know, you get a half a document on one pixel, pixel, and you get another half a document, and you wind up having to spend a pretty penny. I wonder if any. I wonder, and and of course, you only get these things if you buy them, and they only sell them to you if they want you to have them. I think. I, I, th- I think if I'd tried to pony up ninety nine bucks for one. I probably would not have gotten one. Do they have serial numbers? I, I don't. I don't know. I don't understand NFTs. I think they're they're, they're individual. Yeah, I think. Mm, but I, I would yeah, suspect I they that they are individuated, so it, by some means, so as to make sure that they are definitely exclusive. Right. So you got to put them together to get the see. But see, now we're going back to the top secret documents. See, this, this is what concerns me. Too many Americans are not concerned with this. It, it did not, did not I mean, to be to be fair, I have I have no data whatsoever, and that was pure pure speculation. Well, that that's a, you know a term you like parlor but but it's plausible. I mean, what, what we already know is plausible. I mean, we already know he's, if he's not a Russian asset, he's a pretty damn good impersonator of one. And, and you know, and you know, we got a whole lot of Americans now who are sympathetic with, you know, that side, as long as they're not Chinese. You see? And yeah. Well, and I, I need to go back to the mailbag here for a minute because uh, uh, Matt in San Francisco wrote in a little bit ago and said, I work for a globe uh, price gouging. I work for a global snack company. They have raised the price four times over the last twelve months. The cost, other than gas, has not gone up. It's 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 what the it's what the highfalutin economics types and stock guys. It's 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 profit taking, otherwise known as money taking. Uh, but Matt added uh, when you were talking about your high school pals. Uh, I ran into a gal I've known since kindergarten at the concert the other night. We were chatting before the show, and she reminded me of something from our fifth grade class. Our school had, oh dear, slave day. You could buy a sixth grader at an auction, and they had to do what you asked them to do for the entire day, carry your books and so forth. This was a school-sanctioned activity in the mid-70s. I'd completely forgotten about it until she reminded me of how screwed up we were back in the day. Oh, my lord. Uh, yeah, I think if we look hard enough, we can find a lot of that kind of bizarreness. I mean, uh, the, the 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 tacky day when all the uh, when all the boys went in drag at my high school. Um, I mean, I remember I remember some of them in like fishnet hose, dancing to "Hot Legs" by Rod Stewart. Okay, uh, the 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 moms for liberty. Would be having a baby now. Of course, that was like 1979, 1980. Uh, and by the way, uh, Lady B jumped in. We were talking about being cold. Uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, high in the 40s. Thursday, high of 7. Low of, not, of 9 below. Humidity of 51%. It's not Minnesota cold what? or nice, but it's unusual as hell for us. These past three weeks have been shitty cold. And again, 
we don't usually dip this low, but it's a dry cold, so there's that. And adds, again, Robin, we ain't used to this shit extreme weather in Colorado. Um, extremely low temperatures and wind are expected Wednesday night and Thursday, resulting in dangerous wind chill temperatures. Please prioritize your safety in deciding whether to come to blank on Thursday. If you come in, be sure to take extra safety measures such as a blanket in your car and a fully charged cell phone and enough warm clothing to cover any exposed skin if your vehicle won't run. It should be much warmer by Friday morning. Colorado Springs Utilities is monitoring extreme cold beginning Wednesday evening, December 21st, lasting into Friday, December 23rd. Several departments are beginning preparations in anticipation of potential response needs in preparation for the Arctic temperatures later this week. The Plants Department is doing the following, and company-specific info not intended, but, uh, yeah. You, you know what? The, the one and only time I was in Lillerton, it was in the spring, and it was nice. When I, It was freezing, cold, rainy, dreary, you know, bone-chilling, cold, and silly when I left, and we landed in, um, <clears throat> in um, Denver, and it was like, 73. It was it was nice. It was sunny. It was beautiful. That afternoon, I was riding around, driving around, you know, just having a good time. And then the next morning, overnight, it snowed three feet. Three feet of snow overnight, just like that. And I was like, oh. Yeah, just Donner poof. Party. That's the first, I was like, oh, Donner Party. I was like, this is Donner Party, table for nine. You know, <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's just crazy out there, and you can see the mountains are so like you, you can see. Uncle them. Hezekiah seems a mite chewy. <laughs> Give me that, pass me that Tabasco sauce. I'm serious, man. But seriously, it went. I mean, it was just balmy and beautiful. You wait. I'm like, oh my god, where's the car? I don't know. I think Auntie Beulah is a little underdone, don't you? Sorry. Donner party jokes are probably not good. But I mean, I could see how it would happen. I mean, I mean it, it just, just everything changed. It was just like, oh. Well, if you need, if you, if you, if you need a giggle after the program, it's free online. Look up Mark Twain: Cannibalism in the Cars. You will not be all right. It's very funny. So what do you think? What do you think? I don't. I don't. Maybe answer it. I don't remember. But what do you think? What, what do you think Merrick Garland's going to do? What do you think he's going to come with these records? Well, it's not. It's not what Merrick Garland's going to do. It's what Jack Smith's going to do. I mean, Merrick Garland is the ultimate. Is 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 the final say. But Jack Smith is there as special counsel, and I presume this is going to be. This is going to fall within his brief. And. He's a. It, I mean, he's 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 noteworthy. He's said to be expert at what he does. So, you know, I, I, I hope he gets it right. But it is it is it's it's tough it's 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 tough territory to be in because if he charges and loses, uh he's. His career is over, and he's dead to history. Mm. And, yeah, Flavio said, I think a few days ago, uh, 
I heard Merrick Garland, or I, I heard I heard uh, Robert Mueller this and Robert Mueller that and Robert Mueller sliced bread and <sighs> tell me again. And of course, we know that Bill Barr to prosecution tanked that. If if the report had come out without Bill Barr to prosecution putting his uh, ugly little maggot addendum on the front of it, it would have been an entirely different story. So the, uh, and by the way, uh, Billable Rick awarded a cowbell to me. How many 25th Amendment conversations did we have? So I'll take any cowbell I get. And by the way, with uh, just a little bit of left, time left in the program, um, we're at. I know it's fun to be at six hundred and sixty-six dollars, but it would be great if we could. No, it's not. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, it's fucking terrifying, is what it is. But if we could get the last sixty-six bucks in and be finished with fundraising for last Thursday, that would be freaking awesome. It really, really would be. Um, you know, the thank you for the thank you for the cowbell billable. Uh, Jude said, uh, when a thought disappears, uh, well, recall used to be very easily obtained for me, but in these days, as I'm engaging with good friends, I, too, discover the completion of a train of thought suddenly evades me. Often it's simply gone, and I let it go without to rest, just like Todd moved through his thought evading him. Todd, you give me hope. And uh, Jude adds, every time I hear Todd call in, Robin, it's usually on a Monday, so now it instantly comes to mind that Mondays are his day with you. I find it comforting. Yes, Mondays with Todd, just like Tuesdays with Maury. Oh, Jude. Yeah. I don't know who's the... I, well, I, I don't want you to be the Maury, and I don't want to be the Maury either. You know, being how he was, like, dying. Um, and Lady B says... Didn't Jack Smith try cases before the Hague? Yeah, I think so. And uh, Lady V says, I don't know about you, boo, but I find him sexy. He's per- he, he pretty man. Yeah, oh. He looks like a stoner to me. I, I don't know. Like, he had the beard. That one picture he's got the beard. But I ain't got no problem with that. I mean, that's not really, it has, it has nothing to do with anything wrong with professional. Well, you know, he's 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 got yeah, he's got that he's got that beardy thing and it's it, and it's it's it, it, he's got and it's gone gray in the right there on the chin and uh he he looks like a lawyer not to fuck with. He looks serious. Because he looks like he could you know, if he loses the case against you, he could just as easily kick your ass. <laughs> like, I'll see you outside of court, buddy. And but his 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 younger pictures, he's just like this Looks kind of a cute little twink. Uh, oh God, I'm learning the language. Uh oh. Yeah, don't, don't, don't start. Don't start. <laughs> uh, it's so freaking complicated. Um, so since you brought it up. And by the way, in, in Vancouver, British Columbia. Um, Brother Deacon Asa sent me a picture. It just says, the current temperature outside the go-kart. I know what he drives, so I know what he's calling a go-kart. 19 degrees Fahrenheit. And, you know, that's one of the reasons I'm glad we still use the Fahrenheit scale, because 
when it gets cold in centigrade, it gets, it gets really brutally cold. I mean, Christmas night's going to be 17 degrees below zero in centigrade. That's fucking cold. You know, it's just one in Fahrenheit. All the mail I'm going to get from people <laughs> from Canada, Australia, across the pond. You Philistine American, you, they're the same temperature. And uh, Lady B, too, says, uh, I like hearing from Todd. Something soothing about his voice. Nice laid, uh, just a nice laid back brother. Oh, and Todd, uh, come on, uh, you'd be surprised. Come to Colorado and you'd be surprised who are stoners. You don't get high before you go to work. That's the rule. Also, I heard he's now clean shaven. It's time to get to work, and he knows it. I think this guy's going to make history. Uh, from your lips to God's ears, I hope you're right, Lady B. That's what's up. That's right. That's right. You got to be responsible. Yeah, I hope so too. You know, and you got Nitwit you know, Nero running around out there going, "You know, that's Barack Obama's boy. He's definitely, he's definitely, he's definitely a tanky for Obama." Well, you uh, know what? And, and I know. Oh, and I, you know what? I, I, I need to. I need to thank you. Uh, at the last time we talked, I know I talked about Washington Journal, and I was. I was so moved by something I had seen that morning. I remembered the timestamp. Like I didn't have any notes or anything. I just was able. And, and you, you and your engineers, which is all you, you and your multiple personalities, uh, you were able to pull it up. And I just thought that was the best thing in the world, man. You could, you could understand what I was, how I was feeling after hearing this, I, this just weirdo person. Um, and what we're, you know, what we're dealing with. And it's, I'm, it's not like I'm being judgmental, but they're, they're just right and wrong. See, we're dealing with right and wrong now. And that's why Liz Cheney is, is an, you know, she's an avatar for, you know, we don't, we don't agree with her the way she likes to go about things, but she's doing the right thing. You see? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think there were other right yeah. things that could have been done. Well, sure there could have been. It could have been a whole lot of... Re okay, okay. So, I don't know if I said this already, but this has been on my mind again. Because it came up today in Washington Journal. Um, you know, we wouldn't be dealing with a lot of the stuff we're dealing with now if, if the insurrectionists would have been just shot down like they should have been. And I don't, I don't say that lightly. But, I mean, either we have a country or we don't. Either we have a capital or we don't. It, it's only because... Uh, well, you know, when they, when they attacked the capital of the United States, they kind of forfeited their right not to be dealt with accordingly as attackers of the capital. I mean, come on. Yeah. I, I know we ask these kind of questions all the time, Todd. But really... Put a keffiyeh on them and some Middle Eastern robes and send them howling at the Capitol going, they're dead. They are D-E-D dead. Deader than Pharaoh's cat dead. Right. Once again, that's the litmus test. Right. Exactly. Black Lives Matter, same thing. Antifa, same thing. Dead. 
Oh, but a bunch of butt-hurt Nazis? Wow. Let's let them let's let them kill a few of ours instead. And then you know we hear about oh, actually Babbitt got shot. He was oh, breaking through the chambers of the Capitol. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm like, I'm not sorry. What the hell was he doing there? <laughs> Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Okay. Fuck around and find People out. Ashley Babbitt fucked around, and Ashley Babbitt found out. She found out. Because people who look like me, okay, if, if we are thought, if it's thought that we are out of compliance, we do not comply. That's what we often hear. Yeah. You've been hearing for the past. Well, you didn't comply. Just do what the officer says and get arrested. Go through the process and then handle it in court. You just comply. So we had we had whole swaths of folks who were out of compliance. They did not comply. They were told, back up, go away. So, using that logic, can't deal with logic. I'm sorry, but I like logic. Logic seems to. Uh, logic, logic can be fun. <laughs> so, they should have been shot down like we get shot down. You didn't do what I told you to do. Sorry, not my fault. You, you, you didn't comply. So, why is it? So, now the question is why is that? Why? Well, we know, don't we? Man, it's, it's a slightly rhetorical question, but it's, a, you know, and, it, and and the sooner we can have this honest conversation, the better off we'll all be. Well, well one would hope. But, but again, now they did their thing on, on, on January 6th, and now they are spreading out into the country, like I said at the beginning of the program. And at the risk of turning this into Robin's Trans Telethon, as I was accused last week, um, Saturday uh, in uh, Texas, well, um, some cast members from RuPaul's Drag Race were putting on a holiday-themed show at the Texas Trust CU Theater. And it was all ages, it was all ages appropriate. So, lo and behold, here comes Protect Texas Kids. And along with them came something called the New Columbia Movement, which is a bunch of Christian nationalists, see also, Nazis. And then the actual Nazis, the American Nationalist Initiative. And they... Uh, showed up to protest, and they brought their guns, and then something happened because Texas, a group of people called the Party for Socialism and Liberation, as well as some seriously gunned-up folks from the Elm Fort John Brown Gun Club, I don't know if Les is listening, but he's going, yep, uh, they showed up to counter the, uh, the, the fascists, and uh, did so. And so when the doors opened for the people to come in to see the performance, ten people from the uh, neo-Nazi Aryan Freedom Network started marching in formation toward the front of the theater. Uh, one was carrying a flag with the uh, 
skull and crossbones insignia of the SS. And another one was wearing patches with a swastika and a Confederate flag. They figured it out. And others were carrying signs with homophobic slurs, all kinds of Nazi insignia, and, of course, their website URL. And the neo-Nazis were carrying concealed weapons. And the John Brown Gun Club was carrying very openly carried weapons. Uh, A few people who were going to the drag show went to uh, confront the neo-Nazis. And one of the neo-Nazis immediately called a mixed-race couple blank lover. And another guy got called a bunch of Hispanic slurs. I mean, it just so happens there's a little bit of audio to go with it. You'll notice no one's calling them, uh, calling those guys, uh, white trash Nazis. Yay, somebody's at least saying, fuck you, Nazis. Yeah. Wow. Texas. And, you know, I mentioned... uh, mentioned a couple of weeks ago that we've been watching an Amazon series called The Peripheral. Mm. And there's reference to the fact that the main character group uh, are um, Marine veterans. Well, you find out a little, and it's not a spoiler, but you find out that, you know, and and they've been in combat, they're disabled. Um, And it turns out that the combat they were in was fighting uh, racist secessionists where? In Texas. Kind of feels like maybe this... I hate even giving breath to it. I'm not going to do it. But, you know, when the guns are showing up on both sides in Texas... One of these days, somebody's going to squeeze the trigger. Of course, the cops were there telling the Nazis, you know, move along, move along, move along. And curiously enough, no Nazis wound up on the ground with their faces being pushed into the pavement. It's weird how that doesn't happen. See, you know what? I mean, or is it just me? No, it's not just you. Once again, I mean... We've had this conversation, and I've, 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 I'm yet, I have yet to hear a good answer. Because when Charlottesville happened, that should have been a, 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 
Everything should have stopped for at least a day. The whole country should have slowed down for one day. I mean, with Charlottesville, did any cops beat the hell out of any Nazis? I, you know, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I, I don't so. either. I think they just kind of let him just dissipate. They just kind of guided him out. Well, but you got to remember. Yeah, let him get it out of the systems. Well, I mean, I'm just, I'm not trying, I'm not beating up on cops, but I'm just saying that the Venn diagram would indicate, empirical evidence would indicate that there's an overlap where, you know, fascist Nazis and folks who gravitate toward, you know, working in law enforcement. And, I mean, you kind of know that already. That's, I mean, if you don't know it, you're not paying attention or you're just not interested. But, you know, and that's just the way it is. But we just hope that people don't bring their baggage to work. Like you can you can be in any club you want, you know, on your off time. But don't bring your biases to work. You know, it's America, and you can that's what you like, whatever. But don't bring it to work. And the the the, the tricky part is that oh, most people, you know, they're not able to separate. No, it takes a bigger person. No, and you got a note from Lady B. Thank you, Todd, all caps. Fucking exactly. If Ashley Babbitt had done exactly what the officers told her to do, she wouldn't have gotten shot. She made a choice, and she chose poorly. How's it feel, Babbitt family, to have the exact same shit you probably mutter thrown back in your racist face? Hmm. See, thank you, lady. And Jude said, that audio is chilling. My God. It calls to be strong as one never knows when it may be our moment to stand in the midst of such hatred. Remember, community, we are never alone. Maybe distant in miles, yet the greatness of spirit, we are one. True, Jude. Wow. There's a lot of strong people who... um... So with all of that having been said, I'm I'm five minutes over, so... Okay. Yeah. Got to knock yeah. off. Thank you, Todd. It's been a lovely conversation. It really has. Uh, a little food porn, a little serious stuff. That's the way it's supposed to work around here. Well, thank you for taking my call, lady. Quit that. Thank you. What? The mega dittos from Busted Knuckle. Thanks for taking my call. <laughs> I don't know why that voice always winds up sounding a little bit like Hank Hill. You know, I like Hank now, and I look back. I mean, you know, he was just trying to do as good as he could for his family with his little simple self. <laughs> I know. Propane. I always love the pronunciation of the word propane, because up here it's propane. It's propane. Down propane. there it's apparently. But down there it's apparently propane. But but this is the funny thing. There's a lot of Hank Hills out there. I Like, with the lawn, I mean, people are serious about the damn lawn. Some people. True, true. Well, listen, stay warm, okay? You too. Oh, God. Mountain man, mountain lady. You know, it, it gets cold, man. I, I, you know, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. It's, it's freezing cold here. Well, as soon as we're done here, uh, Socrates gets to come back inside because he would have yowled all the way through the program. And he will be happy to be inside. He's only been out for a couple of hours, so he'll be fine. And he's coming right back he's right in. Door. No, it, no, actually, he's having a good time. 
if he wants in, he stands at the door and goes, Come in. Come in. Come in. We, we have English-speaking cats. We really do. Well, you know, that's what I was going to ask you, because I have a yard cat. So I, I mean, just this cat. Yeah, you know, he was a runt. And I felt sorry for him, so I started to feed him. And I'm not a cat person at all. So, but I taught him to sit. He knows how to sit. He knows his name. I mean, he, he, and he has manners. Like, you know, he, he's just yeah. different. He's different than him. Oh, you know, a little, little, little Lucy, little Lucy Purr comes up to me, and 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 she'll put her paw, she'll put her little paws on my leg, and is it okay? And then she'll stand up, and she will put her 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 sweet little nose right against the end of my little nose, and go, oh. how can oh, you how can you not love that? And you go oh. back, and then she jumps up and, and 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 she sits on my shoulder like a parrot. Oh, that's nice. No, it is. And, you know, as long as the claw, as long as the claws are retracted. See that part? I don't. I don't get that close. Yeah, I, can, I don't. I can't. I don't like that part. <laughs> I mean, they, they dig it. Oh, I had a friend who was like, oh, that cat digging like. Oh, and one. Like, oh, oh, oh one, one last thing, food porn wise. I had another note. Uh, uh, and and you need to hear this. Uh, came from our buddy Dave Number Eleven. And this is a big deal because I love their products. Mazetta is selling spaghetti sauce now. The garlic one, Dave says, is memorable. Look for it. Only two bucks at the Winco. Really? I hope I, 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 I hope somehow it miraculously shows up on the shelves of my Kroger or my, uh, uh, God forbid, Wally World. Or maybe Food Lion. And Emilio says, I'm stuck with my Korean-speaking cat. He drives me crazy, and I never know what's up. Emilio. But I have no doubt. Um, Jude says, my coworkers are supporting the giving of warm clothing, hygiene articles, etc. for those out there. It's painful on every level. We give out to others on corners to those shivering, but how small and seemingly helpless I am rendered. My daughter, who has struggled, is now in a place where she'll be working on addressing this dire issue. And she knows all the links. Nothing is ever wasted. Our best to you and to her. And may everyone stay safe through all this frigid hell. Todd, I'm going to roll. Talk to you later, my friend. All right. Thanks so much. You too. Bye. And so we are done. Thank you to our Patreon and PayPal sub subscribers. Thank you to our a la carte contributors this evening. That constitutes uh, Christopher and Ralphs. Thank you both so very much, as well as uh, um, um, just a second. And thank you, Theo. Thank you, Theo. I did not forget you. Theo got us started. Christopher finished up Ralph's challenge. And so the fundraising goal tomorrow is 966 bucks. Uh, so for, you know, if somebody wants to kick in 300, it'll stay at 666 tomorrow and everybody enjoys that so much. Except me. Uh, anyway, thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks to each and every one of you who share your precious finite time engaging in the program in whatever manner you so choose. Thanks to our all-volunteer staff. Thanks to Roger and Sparky in the chat room. Thank you to our 
News Ninjas, thank you. Brother Deacon Asa, head on dot live. Brand new Fresh Malloy on the way, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m. Pacific. The best place to listen to the first run of Malloy is head on dot live. No commercials. And of course, wherever you listen to the program, like and subscribe and send some positive feedback for the algorithm to listen. Uh, or, well, read. Okay. It really does help, seriously. Thank you, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, WhiteRoseSociety.org. Thank you to the hardest-working, bravest people I know, the folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net, 20-plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in Appalachia, and a proud union shop. Please stay safe. Knowing what we know about what's going on in China, if you have not gotten your booster, for God's sakes, get it. Get your flu shot. Wipe down your surfaces. Help stop the spread of RSV. Wear your mask. We're back to it again. Just wear your mask. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Use your hand sanitizer. Maintain your social distance 15 to 20 feet, like Paul from Parts Unknown says. And, uh, you know, if somebody comes towards you saying, well, my job, my job is to read happy stories to Mr. Trump. Oh, avoid that, uh, avoid that former Onan host like the plague, because she is. And always, 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 Gina, it's all for you. Later.